Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleeping. Housekeeping, you want towels? Your towels need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want info? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You will listen to every damn word I have to say. And Steve Morrison. Words are like bullets. Plus, Casey Boy. Lay off me. I'm starving. Kathy Romano. I'm going to destroy everything you own. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Our next guest is performing tonight at World Cafe Live, and the show is called Funny Music with Tommy Davidson and Marcus Mitchell. I'm going to play a little bit of the music for you. At 7.30, tickets wow, we are... we got mellow in here. <laughs> World Cafe Live. That's Real Tommy mellow. Davidson. Hey. You know, even wow. Because even the beds you guys got here are funky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, the musical bed for that company just never... Then I come even... You know, it's like... <laughs> no, we love that. Yeah, that's no, no. really nice, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, you. You wanted to be... Um, you wanted to be a, a singer initially, right? That was... Oh, yeah. That preceded that's any thoughts of comedy. That's the start. Yeah. Um, with, a, with a spoon... And with tinfoil on it, <laughs> standing on the table, yeah, with the family around, yeah, you know, and um, was jazz always your sort of um, foundational go-to musically? No, no, no. Um, I, I, I can't really remember what I started with, but I started with everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I just, I just, I think I got in soul when I discovered I was black. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but before that, I, I grew up in um, um, Laramie, Wyoming, and um, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, on communes and stuff. Yeah. So it was like, it was like you know, Iron Butterfly, you know. Like hippie you know. communes? Yeah. 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 No, oh, can, I'm sorry. Can I jump in here? Because I'm so curious about that. Yeah. I, I love a, a hippie band, right? Like, uh-huh. they're like Grateful Dead and stuff <laughs> like that. I'm so... Um, uh, it, not enamored by mm-hmm. uh, because like so sometimes I would come out of these concerts right okay and there would be these people who would hand you these flyers to come and live on these communes Mm-mm. and it seems a little appealing to me <laughs> it really did you're the guy yeah yeah I don't, I don't think I don't think I don't think I would push my five year old there though <laughs> you know I, I saw a lot of stuff in the communes I was like okay I ain't put together till way later <laughs> you know right yeah right, boy right, right. But, yeah you know, I was I was a young adult at the time. I was uh-huh, like 22, uh-huh, 23 uh-huh. years old and, you know, trying to find my way, kind of lost in this world, yeah, and, yeah. you know, like a lot of young 20-year-olds uh-huh. are. Well, you, you you weren't, you weren't. hey, I'm going to, you you had to go because that's where your family was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I was telling you, Tommy, off air, that I, I just started jumping into your uh, your book, Living in Color, What's uh-huh. Funny About Me, and I was telling these guys, I was like, 
this is an amazing freaking life. And you made mention of the fact when you found out you were black. And and um, you, explain how you you came into this world when you were born. <laughs> it's a brutal story that has now it's turned a, into something a, great. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually abandoned in the trash uh, uh, in the year 1966. Um, um, I was found. Yeah. So so uh, you know um, I was uh, two. Yeah, under two. Yeah, uh, uh, coma, starved, contusions in the head the whole night. But my mother, who found me, found me randomly in the trash. It's just cr- it's yeah. Amazing. So, so she and she was a white woman from Wyoming, and her and her husband were down there in um, Greenville, Mississippi. Which so is like one of the poorest, poorest in the country, you know. Yeah. So they, they, they're teachers at Colorado State, and right? They heard Kennedy say, if, "If you look back on this time in history, would you be able to be a white American that did something about the race problem?" Right. So, so they wanted to do that. So they went down there and immunized kids and did that kind of stuff, and um, did voting drives. And they met my 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 natural mom when they were doing those movements. They came back down there to pick up a program they were doing, and she was gone. You know, and and um, my mother's nosy, right? You know, she said she's gone. Well, where's she going? They, she, 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 we think she went to Detroit, but she left her youngest baby at such and such a house. My mom is nosy and went to the house, right? And um, uh, the kids doing drugs in there, and you know, it was an abandoned house. So she said something told me when I walked out the door to to look under this big tire that was on the top of the trash, and I moved it, and your foot was there. Oh my oh, god! Oh, my oh. god! You know, and yeah. she said she moved the trash and had a torn shirt on and said, I will be president in two zero. And the rest was torn. Wow. You know, wow. took me to the hospital. I stayed there 90 days. I lived, went to went to um, Fort Collins, Colorado, where I grew up until I was five. Grew up on farms and meadows and so all this animals. And, mm-hmm. With with her. With her and my brother and my sister. Yeah. My sister my, was my same age. So we're twins, really, but she's blonde. You related something. You related something. You related something. In the, in the, in it's, and I saw, I was reading some, some interviews with you, and you brought up this point that I thought was amazing. You, because you'd say, okay, cats can give birth to multiple colors. And, right. And you just thought that was you. I thought that was me. Yeah. You know, you know, because, uh, uh, you know, I'm in farms and yeah. animals are everywhere. So we saw litters, me and my kids. His sister play with kittens and puppies and all the time. And, um, you know, I noticed that, you know, it could be a black cat. It would have a white one, a speckled one. Yeah. Maybe two black ones, a brown one, you know, or, 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 or a horse. Could be yeah. a, a, it could be a, a, a brown horse and have a white colt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, you know, that's how we are. You know what I mean? So, so I'm, I must. Be, I'm a brown one, right? Right. I'm a brown one of whatever we are. Wow. It's such a pure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Innocent concept. Yeah. yeah until we got to Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> you know, How old were you and, then? Yeah. Like, I was five. I was five, and we we moved in there in '68. So you started like um, self awareness around that age. Oh, way self awareness, boy. <laughs> uh, 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 we moved there the week that. King got shot. Right. So we moved in during the riots. Me and my sister on the ground. Me and my brother. Tear got, you know, fires. And, okay, so we settled in this this inner city neighborhood in D.C. because they broke up, you know. And there's a lot of jobs in D.C. And we we come out to play with the kids, you know. And um, they beat our ass, man. Wow. Every day. 
every day. And they were calling my brother and my sister White Cracker uh-huh. and calling me White Cracker Lover. Because your mom was white. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just went to her and said, why are they calling me White Cracker Lover? I like graham crackers. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the better. Yeah, they yeah. taste better. Oh, it's yeah. so sad, uh-huh. though, when like, you know the innocence mean? is ruined. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like... You know, so she said, well, that's that's what people are color call people. That's what people, your color call people are color when they don't like them. Yeah. And I was like, well, what color am I? She said, you're black. I said, no, I'm brown. Yeah. Right. Like the crayons. She said, yeah, but that's what we call you anyway. Mm-hmm. And so then I moved out to the, it got so bad, we moved out to the, the suburbs of Wheaton, Maryland. That's the first time I heard the N-word. Right. I got the FCC note, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So it got actually yeah, yeah. actually worse. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah I, I, the I, suburbs, that was which you thought would be. I was, I was being chased by grown men. Yeah. Saying, kill. Yeah. The Nick. Yeah. And I was barely getting in the house, and I'd be riding my bike, and a whole truckload of teenagers kill them. Yeah. You know? oh. So I was running in the house, barely making it. They were throwing stuff through the window. She was doing this. It was crazy. So I saw, so this is late 60s? This is this is uh, uh, 69 now. Okay. I, I remember everything, you know. Yeah. So, so, um, I go to my mom and I go, who are these ends? We got to stay yeah. away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They must be really bad people. Right. Oh, you know, and that's when she said, um, you know, that's what uh, our people call your people when they don't like them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. our color. And I said, well, what color are you? She said, I'm white. I said, you're not white. You're like beige. Kids are so literal. This is the stupidest damn thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. You guys are mad at each other for colors you not really are. But in that innocent thing, it's, you're speaking absolute truth. Yeah, it's like the dumbest thing, you yeah. know, but, but it is the world. So we moved to an integrated neighborhood. And this is a real story. And I'm sticking with it. Mm. Uh... The white teenagers chased me again. Yeah. Killed the neck. Yeah. But when the black teenagers came in front of me, the white teenagers went the other way. Yeah. And I've been black since that day. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, it was, and it's been an education. Right. Well, it, so you, you, know and I mean? you became, yeah. so t- going back to the earlier point, that's when you became aware of, the, of yourself. And that's that's when you got into the, the soul music mm-hmm. and things of that nature, exposed to that. I uh, pretty much came aware of it as soon as I got to D.C. Okay. Because when I got to D.C., my mom has always made friends with everybody. Right. So my mom had all these black friends right away. So it's, and, and I think she, I think she did it on purpose. To, to you give know, you some color? She, well, she knew that I was talented, so she'd invite them over and put on James Brown. Wow. Did right. she have any any uh, uh, inclination towards us? Any musical capabilities or uh-huh. nothing? Uh, my, my, my family is so far from music. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, cowboys from Wyoming. You know? <laughs> right. Um, uh, but I was, you know, spoiled by them. Mm-hmm. All the love I got. And I was the spoiled child. And um, so I'd sing, sing, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. You know, just because it was a song. But when I got in first grade, um, I put up the Black Power Fist. <laughs> doing the... Uh, uh, just just yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and I got in trouble, you know, and... and, mm. and uh, uh, so you were making up for lost time. Hey, yeah. listen, my mom, she did it all on purpose. Yeah. This take, took me time to look back on it. Yeah. But she came into that office, boy, and she looked at the principal and, and the teachers, and she was like, what's wrong? <laughs> And they were like, he put up the black power fist. He said, so what? That's all he knows about himself. 
right now. If you want to teach him something new, teach him something new. He just he just learned the Pledge of Allegiance just like the other students. So teach him. That's what he knows about himself so far. It's such a fascinating. It's such a fascinating, unintentional mm-hmm. experiment and a bizarre. We're not to call it an experiment, but it's, it's mm-hmm. something that that is just as a, as a mm-hmm. and and this is by the way. Let people know again. Living in color. What's funny about me? Mm-hmm. It's just a side promotion, mm-hmm. but I just started it. It's 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 riveting. Tommy, Tommy, is, you, is your mom still alive? No. Okay. No. When did she pass? She passed away um, probably about twelve years ago. Okay. When mm-hmm. still alive? I, I, yeah. just, I would love still to talk alive. to her. Yeah. Well, she got I, to see a lot of your success, though. I'm a greatest accomplishment. Yeah. I'm a greatest accomplishment. That's a sweet reunion is about her coming back to me through my daughter. Mm. So who are your, inspira- who are your inspirations to, on the musical side? Obviously, we know the comedy. We're going to talk uh, about the comedy. But- I'd have to just say um, uh, the association, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Grand Funk, Parliament, uh, Rick James, Cameo, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Kansas. Carry on my way, we're short. You know, it's, it's all in me. Yeah. Man. yeah. The Led Zeppelin Kool-Aid commercial. <laughs> You need Kool Aid. You need Kool Aid. Baby, I ain't fooling. Wanna hold out a Kool Aid? Peter Frampton. Do you feel like I do? Yeah. You know, that's a wide exposure. It's just. You know, it all came my way, man. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So this show, that is tonight. What can we expect? Expect the unexpected. Yeah. Um, I'm mixing now music with comedy. Uh, the saxophonist I'm playing with is, is excellent. Um, so I'm doing comedy and doing music at the same time. So your 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 history, obviously, we know you from the skit comedy uh, in uh, in Living Color, and um, you know, obviously, the movies and other the characters you've done, and so on and so forth. But your stand up career was pretty robust and you got into the comedy store um uh, mitzi shore you had read yes oh yeah and you were on a bill with uh richard pryor <laughs> <laughs> richard pryor and uh eddie murphy yeah. correct yeah when i first got in wow. the, so you're finally, just you're, finally got to the main room after three years of like hitting the pavement and the main rooms where you you wanted to ascend oh, yeah, to the main room and so you know be careful what you wish for mm-hmm. you end up on that bill, and you were middling for that. Yep, and we Ex- all had the same time. Explain what that was like. Give us a, a taste of that. Uh, I mean, you have like uh, arguably yeah. the, the greatest comedic minds in yeah. stand-up of all time. It was opportunity meets preparation yeah. and, and desperation. <laughs> you know, uh, but it was I was ready. Yeah, I was ready. I put through the fire. I was just about to go home from Hollywood. Uh, my mom sent me a couple of days earlier. You know those big legal pads that used to have the long yeah. yellow paper? Yeah. She put in magic marker. She folded up a $20 bill and put in magic marker. Don't leave, and I know you need the 20 bucks. <laughs> and it was just a couple of days before this happened. Wow. You know what I mean? And um, so I get on the stage, and, and um, I'm in between the two for four shows, and I got standing ovations, man. Because the last thing, so I did stand up for, for a while. Mm-hmm. You would want to either be, you'd want to be the MC, you'd want to be the opener, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be anywhere near following one of those two. And and yet mm-hmm. you did. And and Pryor himself kind of gave you a nice Pryor assessment. came down to me, man. We were in a little hovel. <laughs> you know, the green room got the chicks and the food, you know. Right. We're, we're, ours looked like a closet. You know? <laughs> and he looked me up and down, shook his head. 
and looked me in the face. He said, man, you was a funny. <laughs> and walked away. God. I called my mom. I was like, she said, I told you not to leave. <laughs> you know, I told you not to leave, you know. Wow. That's so, so that cool. Was I, but I have faith in mankind. Yeah. It happened here in Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, 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 not the smack. Yeah. I wasn't there. Um, um, a woman died at my show here. Whoa. Really? Yes. Huh. And I have faith in mankind. Oof. Um, I invited her. Yeah. So I went to a check cashing place on a Sunday to, to try to cash my check, and the place was closed. Um, but there was still people in there. You know yeah. how they lock it, but there's... Right, right, right. You know, just lock it behind you because we're closing. No one knows. Yeah. So the people saw me and were like, let him in. And I came in and I was in line and the people were like, you know who he is? And she leaned over and she said, oh my God. Yeah. Hi, thanks for coming. I was like, no, thanks for letting me in. Yeah. And so she's doing her stuff and she's like, what are you doing in town? And she's been... I said, I'm doing a show. She said, oh man, wow, you have a show tonight? You made my whole birthday come in here. I said, why don't you come tonight? She comes with her two kids, like 20, 22, 23 years old. 15 minutes into the show, massive heart attack. Oh, wow. my God. Oh. No one knows this, though. Okay. Yeah. So the, 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 the team is working on them. We walk everybody out. You know, um, they say she's gone. I think people knew. Um, but there, there wasn't a dry in the house. Yeah. Mm. You know. Nobody thought that was funny at all. Right. And, um, you know, we did another show. They left it on me. You, know, you want to do another show? I said, yeah, we have to do another Our job is happy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Our job is happy. So we need to, you know, we're like a fireman. There's his fire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ours is happy. So we did another show. But as people were going out nice and orderly, I mean, even the dishwashers were over there. You know, in the corner, like, man, this black woman, beautiful, looks me right in the eyes. She says, isn't this beautiful? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, of all the things that God could have used to walk her up to heaven, he used your show. Uh It could have been cancer, car accident, shot, whatever. And I was like... That's now I know what Elton John's talking about. Philadelphia freedom, bro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, wow. a, that's wow. wild to think about that. Yeah. And it also, it, I'm sure it gives you an extra appreciation because it's, it's inherently you you want to, as a comedian or someone does anything with the music, you want to you want to connect. Yeah. Yeah, and comedy's did. all the ways around because I was still feeling like, oh, man, how could that happen to me? You know, what? Uh, what's going on? Now I've got this. No, I saw yeah. Smokey yeah. Robinson on the plane. Yeah. You know, comedy follows me to love me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I go to him and I go, hey, man, Smokey, has this ever happened to you? Mm-hmm. And I told him what happened. He said, nah, man. It's never happened to me, man. He said, but invite all your enemies to your next show. Because you kill me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> 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 That's great. I, I have to bring this up too because you had uh, last night the Golden Globes. Um, there was a uh, again a, a couple of Will Smith references. You had your own um, Will Smith encounter. Yeah, 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 Explain yeah. what went down. I'm almost something like Chris. Yeah, but it never happened. You know, and I'm glad it didn't. And um, I was really happy about what happened. Right. For two reasons. One. I didn't have to feel guilty about what happened with me because he's such a great guy. Last thing I wanted to say was, hey, man, me and him almost got in a fight. Right. So that was a secret of mine. Uh-huh. 
you know, and um, when that happened, I was happy that I was lifted off of that. You know, that it's not just me. You didn't have the exact same experience. You had you had a, a, a tense thing, but that didn't manifest in a full thing. Yeah, right? it had been yeah. a mutual smack or punch or something. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, it was going to that. And luckily, Jada was there. You know, she was hey, guys. And I was like, no, you tell him. You know, and... and um, you, you were in a, a, a... I believe you were in a movie. Yeah, and, with her. And you, you kissed her in the movie. I didn't find out what it was about until... 18, 19 years later. Wow. What? I didn't even know why he did Did you find that. out from him? Yeah, okay. I did. Because in the book, I wrote it. Yeah. And then my author was like, you can't put this in here because you got to get the rights done for them. Right. So I, this was bothering me. I didn't know if that was the reason. You know, I did want to put it in the book. You know, and um, so I sent it to him. Yeah. And him and Jada wrote me an email back and said, it did really happen, man. Put it. Yeah. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, wow. yeah. So he, he was a little, he was kind of fuming. I mean, he's just you know kind of human. Yeah. So that's the second reason why I was happy. Okay. Because whatever that is that fueled that energy that he came at me or Chris with, he's got an opportunity to to deal with it. Right. In one life. Mm. And you, you, you. How many of us have? How many of us have that opportunity to to not only have success? You know, but then have some internal success about growing. We were just talking about that, about how you process, how you deal with those things that set you off or mm -hmm. those things that you every in your in your and you talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a large part of your your mm -hmm. existence is bettering yourself. How right. do I become the best version mm -hmm. of myself? Mm -hmm. And so you want to always hope that people have that they can reclaim their, oh, yeah. their better selves. Yeah. And that I mean, you know, and that it was great to see. Yeah, you know, I've been through my down the toilets. Yeah, you know what I mean, and 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 through the love of people around me, you know, and and a good universe, you know, pull through it. Yeah, so, so you know, it's it's um, you know, we're in this place, we're in this place where we got reward systems and this, that, and the other thing. The things we reach for. Did you have to? You did know? you have to learn that? It sounds like with your mother mm -hmm. on your side early on, it sounds like you were getting a really good instruction on how to approach life, or did. Did you have weaker moments where you would become less than what you wanted yeah, to be? Yeah, I went to Earth University with everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, I got a degree. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, it, you know, there was there was times that be, that was a problem, you know, with them being white and me being black and stuff that we went through. And, you, you know, it's, 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 it's just uh, the road. Yeah. You know, it's the road we're on. Tommy, what was it like um, achieving the success of of In Living Color? Because, you know, that I'm always curious as to how fame and uh, fortune affect individuals. And you had an interesting <laughs> life. And, and that <laughs> In Living Color blew up. You know, yeah. it was huge for a stretch. Um, and so I'm curious as to how it affected you. Uh, you know what? It, it one, for, for one, the main thing is that I just got touched by a freaking angel. Yeah. You know, to have that show in my life. And did you know that at the time? Uh, we knew. Yeah. We knew we were going to be touched by something because we, we, were, we were all the best at the time. Mm -hmm. So we walked in the door and looked at each other. We said, we're doing a show together? Mm. Yeah, think of that cast. Yeah. Oh, it's like the X-Men meeting for the first time. What? You know? You know you what were. I mean? So, so it was that thing. You know, and then, you know, come the changes of, of, of any of a success. Right. You know, um, we were like family. You know, we were we'd go to lunch every day, dinner every day. You know, and we didn't know anything about fame. I didn't think we we couldn't have. Because when it came, it was just like a, a freaking, 
Did you see the blob? Yes, sure. Both of them. Yeah, it's just no getting away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get, you know, you can't shoot it. I mean, it's like, you know, it's nothing. You can't shoot it. Yeah, you can't shoot it. You can't burn it. Cold. And it's coming at you nice and slow. Yeah. You know, I'm taking my time. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like that thing, you know. And so, you know, that's a surviving thing. That's the thing to survive. You 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 met so you, know? you met Keenan at a at, at a party or uh, he'd come to see he saw you happened to be on set mm-hmm. of a show you were on. He saw me plenty of times when I was coming up. Okay, at mm. the clubs. And we had him in the studio on yeah. his birthday a few years ago. Okay, yeah, it, it was, was a surprise. Awesome. He's something else. Awesome. He's something else. And you know, it, it was just it was just um, he knew who was he's the doctor he's the doctor Xavier. Yeah. Of the whole thing, <laughs> he's Professor X. He, yeah. yeah, he knew. He knew who the mutants were. Yeah, he just took us to the danger room. We got it all together and said, "Okay, now go get him." Yeah, we got, but we got too dangerous. Oh yes, yeah, we got too dangerous. He would come. He said, "You guys can do whatever you want." And if you have something, we can always do another take. And blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Boy, by the end of that season, he was like. He would come in the room and go, "You man, hey, hey, hey! <laughs> look, man, look at me, you guys. We're gonna get canceled, man. You cannot." You know, we're laughing. Yeah. That's what always happens, though. We're laughing. Yeah. How long, how long was the run? Um, five years. Five years. It's uh, seems like longer, right? It was in my wheelhouse. It was uh, mm-hmm. one of those um, things that uh, I, you know I never missed it every single week. And Casey, and- it was the, it was the must quote must. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, that was it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, having this job. Radio was the. Yeah. What made us. Yeah. yeah. You know. Having this job has, has allowed me to meet a lot of the stars of that mm-hmm. show. So having you here, mm-hmm. you know, on multiple occasions mm-hmm. is a huge honor for me. We've had David Allen Greer sit in that mm-hmm. seat. Uh, like you said, Keenan, Sean, Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had Jim Carrey in here yet. Okay. okay. You know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, you know, I. He's here. What's that? Is he here? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's on the roof crying. <laughs> what are you crying about? He got, he's been a little emotional. <laughs> he's on the roof crying right now. Uh, no, that's, that, that's, we, were, we were friends before in Living Color. Yeah. Yeah, we, our, our daughters are the same age. You know, we were comic at the comedy store, so we do birthday parties and stuff like that. Now they're 35. Yeah, it's crazy. We knew each other back then, and then once the show came along. So, so you know, we have a, a through line. Yeah. That came before it. He and Damon uh, Wayans are, are two that I would Same love two. to meet. Yeah. Love to meet those guys. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, <laughs> we all just got really lucky. Yeah. You know, like, no, you didn't. Like, like we can be. Uh, well, um, luck plus talent. Yeah, well, yeah. you got to have both of them. Yeah, you got to have both of them. But it, mm-hmm. the thing is, is that it always, I always try to give this advice. Never, you know, what you see is always uh, realize that there are people that can do exactly that. And there are a whole many, there's a whole tremendous amount of people out there with extraordinary talent that you'll never know about because yeah. it's right. the break. The break didn't happen for That's them, right. You know? Yeah, except now there's YouTube and you can see yeah. them there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like the way of this thing we live on. Yeah, yeah. This, this this blue thing we live on, you know, we can ha- go to the grocery store and see like heaps and heaps of ice cream. You see trucks, yeah, uh, 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 Mac trucks full of cookies and yeah. mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. And you know, I, I go to Djibouti, Africa, or Mexico, or somewhere like that, or even Detroit. You know, and people are under a bridge with, you yeah. know, a, a cracker. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, you know what I mean? You know, so it's 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 where we live. You know, and and um. You know, I, I think uh, the whole forever thing, you know, got kind of pulled. Yeah. Because um, we don't need to be here that long. Yeah. 
you know, we need to just do it, do it right, and leave it up to the to the eternity. Yeah. You know I mean? No, it's a very healthy attitude. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Tommy Davidson, who's going to be at World Cafe Live tonight. Tickets are on sale. You can get them at worldcafelive.com. It's uh, funny. It's funny music is the, is the name of the show. Um, uh, how People are going home. I, I thought that was Dr. Phil on there, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Phil got a black accent on the <laughs> Uh, <laughs> how are you finding that the um, <laughs> that the music and comedy uh, live are playing together? Is it is it a nice uh, you, you you love the balance? Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good balance, but there's two different art forms. Yeah, to, and they're 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 it's all about timing. Music, now. boy, I tell you, music is like um, like a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. It's like. You know, you ain't gonna know what to do no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to put it. That's you ain't gonna true. know what to do no matter what. Uh-huh. It's an essential. Uh, it, it, the, we've talked on the show. Occasionally, you'll come across somebody who says, I, "I'm I'm not into music because there's not there's nothing available to you that you can find that you enjoy because it is it is literally it's what the, the station has been about for years, providing a soundtrack for people's I lives. I know. You know. I know. You know. Hey. You know, like I said, we're on this blue blue chip now. Yeah, and just that little bit of a uh, the song we played, uh, I, I heard a little, uh, and and that's all that I've heard of it, unfortunately. But I'll, I'll listen to it more. I heard a little, almost a little Al Jarreau. Uh, oh yeah, kind of thing yeah. That's there. you know, this this is a business, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I said I didn't think strategy. You know, how am I going to enter into the music business? Um, I wanted to do it in a in a genuine way. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to come in here and do something that I'm that I could do really really well. For a certain audience, right? Because the way that things are now, divided into social media and all yeah. of this stuff, you know, um, um, somebody who can be living, somebody who can be uh, eating a pickle <laughs> on the porch couch, yeah, in Buffalo, mm-hmm. can critique my album. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if I want to subject myself. You know what I mean? You, you know gotta impress the pickle guy. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, you know, yeah, yeah. Never, never, never get a picture of the person that made the comment. You know what I mean? You know, I don't think, you know, I don't think Tommy Davis in the album is, you know, and you look and he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's over a paint bucket. You know what I mean? You know, you know he's got a living room couch. On his from porch. the 70s on his porch. Right. You know, with, with, with kittens. You know what I mean? It's February. You know what I mean? So, it, you know, you know what I mean? So it sounds it's, very specific. Yeah, yeah, it's very specific. Who knew he was a jazz fan? Yeah, it's very specific. You know, I got, I got that from, from, uh, when, um, Oh, was it Amazon? Yeah. Whatever, you know, went to do uh, my book. Yeah. You know, and so they had comments, mm-hmm. you know. And this is when I discovered that comments and social media is like the it's like the bathroom stall. Anybody can say something, everybody gets to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're not going to go in the bathroom stall and go, let me write this number down. Yeah. Let me Let me quote that. You know what I mean? So all these comments were there, right? Mm-hmm. I love the book. Uh, this is great. You know, um, 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 some of the stuff bothered me, but, yeah. you know, it, all in all, this, that. And then there was one comment that said, you know, I really like Tommy Davidson until I read the book. Mm. Huh. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> Amazon, why'd you have to put that? <laughs> like, you, yeah, like the owner can go to the moon. Yeah. The owner can go to the moon on his own money. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... Why can't you leave out one bad thing that someone will say about it? <laughs> that bad. I mean, there's there's no redeeming quality in none of that. That's just no. like I used to like them. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
and now I don't like him because of the book. <laughs> so it's like saying, I don't like him because of who he is. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found out who he is in the book. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But you yeah. know, you we all we talk about the joke, and it's the, the classic joke is you get two hundred great reviews, uh-huh. and that one that stinks. Yeah. What? Uh, no, I know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I know the real thing. No, you know. The yeah. real thing is, you know, that person got loved. Yeah. And don't know what it's like. You know, but at least they got loved. Yeah. Because they, they they got loved in one way or the other. Because they had to say it. You know, they had to say it. So. They read it. Yeah. Um, I got a text. I wanted to pass as long as we do have to wrap up, unfortunately. But this person says, Doggone it! It says, uh, Tommy, Tommy's story is amazing. Thank him for being a beautiful human being, uh, especially for what he went through. Yeah. Uh, so... There's some great comments. I will say that uh, I used to like Tommy before this interview. <laughs> now I love him. Yeah, now I you love him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Looking out on my lonely roof day after Finger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great song. Uh, I'm going to get your book. Or, 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 uh, what was it? Who was that? Uh, oh, uh, yes. Roundabout. 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 I remember the last time we had great. you in, you, you immediately just launched into Philadelphia Freedom, just like that. <laughs> Before I even ask you one question. Yeah, I got a new Sammy verse. I got my eye, it's out. <laughs> wow. I love it. World Cafe live tonight. Thank you. Now I got a new one. Funny music with Tommy Davidson and uh, Marcus Mitchell on uh, sax. I wanted to mention him because uh, you're talking about radio. So there, come out, have some, come out and have some fun. Listen, I'll be there. It's wonderful to see you. Thanks for coming through. Thank you, man. You guys are still here. Like radio still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is this is real. You know what I mean. This is roundabout, by the way. <laughs> it's got a long intro. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. I, I would have gotten it to does. it, but we got to take a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tonight. Thank we you. We know so what much. you mean. Yeah. WorldCafeLive.com to get tickets to see Tommy Davidson. <laughs> we'll take a break and we will be right back. Stay with us. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, I saw this article this morning, and it focused on a uh, Reddit thread, which is kind of an interesting uh, scenario you might find yourself in at this time of year. Now, we've talked before about um, people that get into fresh relationships leading into the holidays. Right. Uh, and sometimes people will even hang on to a relationship uh, to get through the holidays, or they'll break up right before the holidays. One of those other or things happen. to get gifts, too. That's also happened, yeah. But one of the things you may not have considered is if you are bringing a fairly new significant other uh, to the family gathering, and there happens to be family photos taking place, Oh yeah. how do you handle that? So it says, and reading this article, it says this holiday. The holidays are an especially perilous time for your future. Your for future use photo reel. Uh, you might think that it's harmless to haul your boyfriend along to your family gathering this year, only to be in, uh, enraged by his presence in the photos for seasons to come. You hope if you break up, it'll be amicable and the photos will only bring good memories. But why risk it? So this year, don't make the same mistakes. Be strategic with your photos. Okay. So no matter what, they'll remain totally usable in the future. And they have a few tips for this. Do you believe you have a methodology? Uh, I you, don't. You I, hint- okay. I don't, but I, I did have it happen and uh, I did not, and, and we ended up utilizing, it was my mom's strategy unbeknownst to me at the time. So, it was uh, me and, and it, I don't think we were new at the time, but my family just didn't like her. This was... Um, Bur- Rubber? Burnt rubber girl. Okay. What is they that knew. smell? Teresa. Smells uh, like your nutsack. Stinky crotch. Uh, so when we That's were. That's your nutsack. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh, we were taking family photos, and at some point, she made her move all the way to the end. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Away from you? Yep. At, uh, well, no, I was I was okay. next to her, but, right. but she, we made sure that she was on the very, very end. Right. I didn't know Mom was doing this. I right. just thought that she wanted, you know. Well, she did it very definitely then. Tall, so maybe we'd had an order. I don't sure. know. Anyway, and sure enough, it was a great picture, and we cut her right out. Wow! Of it. Actually, cut her out of it physically, wow. not not Smart. Photoshop. Right, physically take scissors and cut it out of there. This is actually a well-known tactic yeah. in my mom's family. Okay, it was always spouses on the end, even spouses on the end, and the running joke is my my dad uh, in a family photo is the very very last husband on the end, and he's the only husband that was left married. Everybody else got oh, divorced. Well, you know what so it was ironic that he was in the end, uh, but it became such a running joke, Steve, that I have been able to use it with every single boyfriend on every year. Like you've somewhere, hundreds. Hundreds, thousands of boyfriends. No, somewhere around Thanksgiving, I joke about it. We bring it up during the holidays, and so every time you bring a photo, everybody in the family starts laughing and goes, oh, ha, 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 uh, boyfriends, girlfriends on the end, and it's a running joke, but 
then it's just very simple because they all go to the end. Yeah. Even Matt over Thanksgiving the other day, we've been together for years. He was like standing on a staircase and poking his head out. He's like, oh, I'm just going to be over here. You can cut me out. Right, right. It's a note. And by the way, I got this text. This is interesting. It says, I'm opposed to photoshopping exes out of old photos and dead people into others. Yeah. Anybody ever heard that? of, of no. No. photoshopping? I just go exhume the body. Dead people yeah. in. You can't do that. It's just it's- Wipe the maggots off and stain them up. Wait a minute. So is this a thing? Do people do that? It's a TikTok trend. People what? show off their photoshopping skills and they'll take like a body of a person and especially like wedding photos. And then they'll take another photo of a deceased person and they'll use the like group photo to kind of mesh them together, mold them together, and make it's it look Frank like Rizzo. together. Okay, yeah. A deceased yeah. person like, <laughs> like, uh, get away from me. And Gertrude or, or Frank Rizzo? No, like, uh, like your grandma. Okay. Like your grandmother sitting next to you. Oh my God, I caught the bouquet. You can't, I, I don't understand the, the reasoning behind that. Listen, I know that you love this person, but they weren't there, right? And, the, it's, and a, it's, a fal- it's a falsehood. Yeah. It's a, it's and then even if like, yeah, it's yeah. a falsehood. But memory. maybe the dead person wants to gather people together. Just the three of us, the four of us, me and you. Yeah. <laughs> now you stand at the end so I can cut you out later. No, the two of you, I'll cut you out, you luscious. Yeah. And I'll do it along with you. Yeah, he will. Yeah. So he and Max, I don't know. With a strap on. You probably wouldn't cut it out. But you don't have the courage. There's a scene in the original Godfather where Kay, and I do this, I will, in the situation where I'm with people, and it's, listen, I've my, been with my wife for many years, and, and the, the families are wonderful, and we take the pictures, great. But I will always, if I'm with at someone else's house, and they want to, it appears they want to do a, a family thing, it's okay, I'm good. Yeah, like, I'll demure from it, just to give them the option to know I won't be hurt if they don't include me in the picture. So that's the main tip is is people being on the outside. Yeah. But, but let me go. To, I have some other ones on this list. But let me go to a couple of calls here. I have Laura on the line. Hey, Laura. Good morning. Yoo-hoo. Hi there. <laughs> Hi there, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. What's up? So I made I made this mistake. Um, oh. My long term college boyfriend and I. You know, I thought he was the one because I was young and dumb. Mm. Um, and we had family fly in from all over for my grandmother's 90th birthday. Um, and we did a photo shoot and he was front and center with me in all of them. See, I think, and I, so we, we've taken, you know, my wife has a huge family and we've done those family photos, but I think if you're, if you're doing a family photo like that with your 90-year-old relative, I think it would be okay. Did anyone say to you, would it be okay if you got the moron out of the picture? The moron. No! No one did, and I'm super bummed because we're we're now both married to other people. Shout out to Jim. Hi, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry. Laura, but, but, um, I hate it. I yeah. hate it. Well, a, 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 away, a question. Laura, are, are the are the photos still hanging up on the wall or or on Facebook yeah, or okay? They're at, they're they're at my mom's house in frames. They're all blown up, and uh, I you know. But hang on a second, Laura. Let me just jump in here for a second. First of all, do you hate this other guy? Uh, the ex boyfriend. <laughs> I thought we lost her. Yeah, are, are you? Are you? Are, are you? Do you dislike him, or do you guys have a fine relationship these days? It just didn't work no. out. Um, we're both married to other people. It was over ten years ago. Okay, I don't so- hate him, but I have sour. He he left me. Um, 
in uh, really bad in a bad way. All right, okay. so you're not you're not super thrilled that he's in the picture. So and and for that, listen to accommodate the possibility that things like this happen. If you have the family together and it's a uh, you've all worn the same color or whatever, and grandma's there on a gurney, you, you've got to just just say, listen, we're doing just the family in this picture. Yeah, and then we can add you any, in. Any yeah. photo shoot yeah. you do that that should be done. It it, it should always be. Bridal okay. photographers do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do just family. Yeah. We're going to do just yeah. the grand kids or just the kids or or whatever and that way it takes out any spouse or anybody that's been married yeah. into the family so you at least have a picture you know uh in case anything were to happen right yeah, yeah but now you you're taking anybody that can um erase his face that would be great <laughs> but now <laughs> there are people yeah. this is the co-check girl i was making out with her can i put her in the picture mm-hmm. there's that new <laughs> feature on the google photos where you can just erase anything out of a photo that's taken on it sure but it, this if you do, do do something surgically where you're taking someone front and center in a picture. Yeah, no, it's not going to look natural. That's going to look weird. <laughs> All right, Laura, good luck and thank you. We appreciate the call. Hey, She's very honest, happy yes. Holidays. Same Bye. to you. All right, so at, at, in this uh, article, and I'm going to go to more calls if you want to share, feel free, 215-263-WMMR. It says the obvious. Make sure you have all the newer significant others stand at the edge of your family photos so they're easy to crop out later. Uh, the center of the photo should be the main family unit, the, gr- uh, the group of people that you're stuck with no matter what happens uh, in your current romantic relationship. So, uh, so you're stuck with with these people. Don't be too obvious, though, about moving them to the side. Instead, see if you can find a way to quietly ask an uncle or cousin to take the photo and do the arranging for you. And it's not like you're planning to break up. You're just being pragmatic. Your partner might not appreciate it either way, so it's best to put the blame on a distant relative. They'll only see again once they've made the cut for next year's photo. So uh, you can take as many photos with your significant other as you want, but make sure that you ask for a family-only photo at some point. I think that's absolutely reasonable. I, and, yep. and in fact, if someone would not be down with that, I'm, I would question whether or not they're suitable boyfriend or girlfriend material. It says take lots of photos with lots of combinations of people. The new guest is none the wiser, and then you can just discard the whole photo if things change down the road. I've been with this stripper for two weeks. Can she be in the picture? And you don't want to awkwardly crop or hope that you're good at uh, Photoshop. And then I have some tips for social media here in just a second. May I suggest one, Preston? Yes. So what you can do is you can say to that person, have them stand well away from the group and say, I want to see how wide this lens goes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you remember the stripper on the altar at my wedding? Oh. No. In, it, she's in, in, in my wedding photo. Yeah, it was my cousin's girlfriend at the time. Uh, and she wore this like... Up? Well, she wore this like pink see-through dress, and oh, no. uh, yeah, she was a stripper. Yeah, do you, wow. can, can I, do you have the picture available? I'd, I'd have to find yeah. it. I'll, I'll, I can see if I can find it for you. I had a guy I dated years ago. His sister got married, and his mom kept insisting that I get in the photo. And I, I thinking about all yeah. of this, not thinking about him and I, just thinking about the lifetime of that photo. Mm-hmm. I kept insisting, no, no, take the family photo, take the family like, photo. I'm just here for fun. <laughs> take yeah. the family photo. I heard me. there's an open. I'm just bar. here for D. I'm here for. Booze and D. I think it's some point. <laughs> one or the other. That's great. I uh, think at some point his his sister was like, "We'll take a family photo and then add more." You did the right thing. It's yeah. also the way you present it. Listen, why don't you guys get a picture of the family intact, and then if you want to do one after with me, that's great. I, I, 
I don't know who would have an issue with that. <laughs> hey, here's an interesting take on this. What if you're the person, you're the ex, yeah. all right, and, and you're happy uh, that that photo exists? So here's an example that says, <laughs> I was the best man at a douchebag's wedding, and it gives me great pleasure to know that he stuck with me <laughs> in all his photos. That's true. Interesting. Yeah. I guess they had a falling out. Uh, and here's another one about adding dead people. It says, if you're going to add your dead family member to your photo, make the person have a blue hue around them like at the end of Star Wars. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, like the Jedi. Like yep. uh, yeah, Obi-Wan. Yep. That they have reappeared yet in a an ethereal manner. Could you incorporate a picture of the deceased relative uh, from the wake? Maybe. Yeah. It, it depends uh, on how good of a job the mortician did. Way overly made up for this. Uh, I'm going to go to Zach. Hey, Zach. Good morning. Good morning, it. What's good up? Morning, good morning, it, it buddy. Oh, I'm glad you guys are mentioning the dead people. It's a great idea. My family just digged them up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, like Steve. So, um, for my now wife's family, who got married in October, um, what they would do is what I call the boomer crop. Instead of taking pictures of us on the outside, the significant others on the outside, right. they take a picture with us and then be like, all right, get out. Just a picture with the family. Sure, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's. I think that's a. That's a. It makes sense. By and, the way, and I'd never be offended by that. By the way. By the way, I. Thanks, I, I hate picture time. I hate. I do too. Yeah, I hate. I listen, hate it. if it ran smoothly every time, it never runs smooth. Well, get, get Johnny. Get Eddie. And he's upstairs. Go. We're taking pictures. When it, when it's photo time, and we and we yeah. gathered everybody right, and everybody knows what we're doing. I'm very efficient. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I will smile. Yeah. I will do the face I'm supposed to do. Whatever you want. And let's get, let's let's, get this done. Let's go. And there's always people who are doing other things right. and they're fidgeting with this and we need to do that or the other. And it's like, and they're talking. Shut up. Oh, it's yeah, photo they're, time they're now. Talking. Let's get this over with. I Eyes hate forward. it. Shut up. Yeah. Smile. We love each get other. happy. Shut up. We could get this done in 30 seconds. We could. Yeah. We could get it done in 30 seconds. But I, you know, I hated it. So much I ruined so many family pictures. <laughs> you could it's, somebody's always got to be the comedian. Yep, that was me. Yeah, but I mean, no, but you're yeah. not. You're not trying to make. A, people I hated the process. Right yes, let's yeah. get this done. Right, and then we can chit chat and goof around later on. But not now. Let's stop it. Now is not the time to do that. All right, moving on. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go to uh, Erica. Hi, Erica. Good morning. Hi. How are you guys? Good. What's up, Erica? Um, so I was the significant other that my ex-boyfriend's family put me on the edge of the photo. Oh, did you know at the time? What was that? Did you know at the time that that was the, the technique? No, I didn't realize until I started listening to you guys share these stories. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you just found out? How long ago was this, Erica? This Two years ago, Christmas 2020. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah, and how long had you been, when, when the photos were being taken, how long had you and he been together? Um, Like a year. It was the, oh. my first, like, big family gathering with him, and I, and they were like, oh, why don't you sit on the end? And I was like, oh, maybe it's because I'm tall. But <laughs> I was definitely the reason. No, you should have said, no, because I'm tall, I should probably be in the center. Do you think they didn't <laughs> like you, Erica, like in my case? That? Do you think so? In my family's case, when they made my my uh, the gal I was dating at the time move to the end, it was because they didn't like her. Uh, do you think it was that, or that they just were being were playing safe? They were definitely playing safe. Okay, okay. all right. You all seem right. very likable. You do yeah. seem likable. 
<laughs> All right. Well, sorry you were that person, Erica, but it's you know it's kind of it's practical. Yeah, it's practical. It, it, it makes sense. You and know how expensive uh, a storage space is on a uh, disc after a <laughs> after a couple of years. Then it then it might make right. sense. I can see also they probably did this a lot more in the old days with the big box cameras, you know, and it was really an elaborate process. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, when are you going to get a shot to take a picture again? And you had to stay still for right, thirty for seconds. 30, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go to Joe. Uh, hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, good morning. You guys rock. <gasps> Love it. Thank you, Joe. What's up, buddy? So my uh, stepbrother, uh, he lives down in Florida. Him and his girlfriend came up here for a little vacation. Uh, we went out to dinner, had a nice dinner, took a nice photo. Uh, he goes back to Florida. And then he bought a beautiful canvas print of that photo for my stepdad. Okay. And sure enough, like three, four months later, they break up. <sighs> and uh, he comes back up to Pennsylvania at some point, and he goes to throw the photo out. I was like, no, no, no. This is a nice photo right here. What we're going to do is cover it up with some black wax and uh, make it invisible. So that's what we did, and it still stays on the mantle. And, black uh, wax. So you, ba- you basically, you just put a smudge on the person you didn't want, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it would look like a scene. It looked like a picture out of the ring. Dude, I love it. By the way, speaking of that, thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. There was, there was a picture that used to be here in the hallways. It was a it was a staff picture, and there was a guy that no longer worked here, and nobody liked him, oh. and you tweaked his face, Steve. Did I? I think who, you what? did. I, maybe I did. Hang on. Yeah. All right. Do you remember who it was? Was it? No. Don't hang on. Don't, I'll, don't, I'll write it down. Uh, uh, dang, dang. What? No, no, no. Um... Hang on, and get this off camera. We're, we're yeah, 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 just yeah. remember yeah. that. Oh, I did that. Who? Do you remember? Yeah, that? I yeah, absolutely yeah. did that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was here. Yeah, it yeah. was here because he was here for just a just a smidge. Oh. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. And uh, and Steve <laughs> made his photoshopped this big goofy ugly grin on his face, made his eyeballs huge and everything. And the picture hung like in the hallway. No, well, it no might one have even ended up on the website. Yeah, it and did. I think he called. He saw it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And wanted it taken down. That's funny. He was a deep. I had to. He was a total deep. And I worked very well in black and white. Oh, it was great. There's a photo in the hallway that I wasn't present for. And Bill decided to Photoshop, have me Photoshopped in. It's terrible. It's a terrible Photoshop. Because it's, like, really, it's a really good picture. And because you, because you complained about it, so Bill felt bad. So he tried to Photoshop Marissa in it. And it looks terrible. Was it here in the studio? It was. I, I was, remember when we took that picture. I was gone for a funeral. And... He, yeah, I wasn't in it, and so I, I said something, and yes, yeah. he didn't like take another photo in the same space, which is kind of what you should do. He just grabbed another photo right. randomly so the and had photoshopped in. Yeah, it does. It does not look quite right. <laughs> I am. If you, if I'm not there, yeah, take the damn picture. Mm. I, I, I. I don't care. I agree like, a thousand percent. Towards you, yeah, Marissa, yeah. just anything. Like, <laughs> hold on, wait, we have, to, no, just take We've it. Got, take it. Yeah, I'm five states away. We'll wait. <laughs> if it's like a photo of a group photo, just like a one-off, like, hey, somebody's here, but this was like a press photo. Okay. Yes, that's no, true. it wasn't. Yeah. It was a one-off. It was an event that you weren't at, and we just happened to have the air staff here, and we just took it. It wasn't like, <laughs> we weren't taking it for it to go anywhere. It just happened to end up being a nice picture, so it became a press photo. I disagree, but okay. By the way, I'm, <laughs> you I'm weren't gonna, here. I'm gonna go I was to, at a funeral. 
of a guy who's I'm not dating anymore. His grandmother. Let's fight. I'm going to hang on. Trying to set this up. I'm going to go to some more calls here in just a second. But uh, I wanted to mention this real quick. Instagram carousel feature. Uh, You can attach multiple photos and videos to a single grid post. Uh, Was recently updated to allow users to remove one picture from the lineup. And apparently that's great because it means that you won't have to uh, nuke the entire post if you want someone who appears in a shot removed from your grid. Still, though, you might have multiple pics featuring that person that littered throughout that carousel post. Uh, always make sure that the front photo does not feature your significant other so that if you delete the photo therein, it doesn't mess up the continuity of the grid or make it too obvious what you've done. Moreover, make sure that if your front carousel photo does feature them, uh, the second one does not. You can only delete one picture from a carousel, but it won't matter if the one directly oh behind God, it, it has them in there. Like, is anyone actually thinking that when they're doing this? I, I can't imagine why. So here's the deal with this as well, Preston. There's so many things now, whether it be your um, your timeline or your Facebook. Pictures pop up. You you probably have a quarter of a million pictures. You don't realize it. And these things will haunt you the rest of your Just consign yourself to the fact that you'll never be free of these people. All right. And when it comes to archiving, here's another tip. Before you file away a picture so, uh, that uh, someone else is tagged in, remove the tag. Oh. Once the picture is in your archive, you can't alter the tags on it. But if you ever do unarchive it, everyone tagged will receive a fresh push notification that you've added a photo of oh, them. Oh, jeez. Uh, that is bound to be humiliating. Deleting, uh, delete whatever you can from the carousel and remove any tags before, that, but you before archiving it. You Run that last back. You can't add a tag? I think you can. Uh, it you says can. Once, once the picture, it says before you file away a picture someone else is tagged in, remove the tag. Oh. Uh, oh. Once the picture okay. is in your archive, you can't alter the tags on it. Got it. But if you ever do unarchive it, everyone tagged will receive a fresh push notification that you've added a photo of them and it'll say they're there. So, uh, which would be kind of weird if you broke up with them like two years ago or whatever. Give me a rough guess estimate. How many pictures do you have in your... I know I do because I recently got a new phone yesterday and in my iCloud I have 27,000, over 27,000 photos. Come on. You know, how are you going to go through all those? You're going to go through all those. Yeah. I'm currently going through all of my photos, like every last Try photo. I'm in, I'm in 2018 right now um, because I don't have enough iCloud space and I purchased more. And then it told me again that I don't have, and I refuse. I got no, the two terabytes. Well, I refuse yeah. to, to continue to keep paying for more iCloud space. So now I'm going through and I'm deleting everything right. I want. All right, it's, it's a process, but it's it's worth doing, you know, if you can clean out yourself. All right, anyhow, those of you on hold, I apologize we didn't get a chance to get to you, uh, but we have to go live on Fox News. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so we got to take a break. But uh, keep those tips in mind if things are new, fresh, or if they just don't feel quite right and you're going into the holidays and you're taking family photos, keep that stuff in mind. A couple little tips for you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. Stay with us. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So 
if you're heading downtown, cheer them on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. This really, this spoke to me. This is interesting, and it sounds kind of goofy on the surface, but if you start thinking about it, maybe it'll uh, it'll bring up some memories and you can share with us. This was a uh, subreddit about travel where they had posed the question, has anybody ever asked you, what is the best smelling place you have ever been to? This is a question they posed? This is a question they posed, and they got a huge amount of responses. Huh. So that's why I thought it would be interesting to bring this up. Now, meaning like a destination, like a like a travel spot, not, like you know. The, like Switzerland or yeah. the Alps or something. Well, so here's the number one response that came back uh, is in a, it's a Spanish destination. And I, Kathy, I'm wondering if you've been here or not. And there were a lot of people that said Seville yeah. in March huh. with all the orange blossoms. And that was the most overwhelming response as huh. far as most wonderful smelling place. Seville in March you've because of the orange blossoms, did you say? Yes. Huh. And yes, I have been there. I was not there in March, so I don't know about the smell. Okay. The second top comment was Provence, France, the lavender fields. Yeah. Well, that would be awesome. In July okay. and August. Mm. Yeah. All right. So these are smells uh, like I was thinking. Natural smell. Yeah. Like I was thinking more uh, along like lines. Like, well, there's a certain point driving to the shore where I know to roll down the window because I know the smell will be there. Absolutely. And that can be included too. And food can be included too, Steve, because at the end of this article, they kind of touch on that a little bit. So when you're talking about driving down to the shore, um, there is that point where you can start to smell the Sea air. Yeah, yeah. and I do yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go a little off the reservation here. I love the smell of Leslie's pool supply stores. Oh, <laughs> wait, uh, hold on. No, I'm sorry. I love I'm, that. I'm with you. Not not specifically that store, but um, an indoor pool smell, the yep. chlorine smell. I, I like it. Well, I'll tell you this. So uh, w- w- you get used to. It. My wife is constantly going to check the levels for mm-hmm. our uh, our pool, so she's always at Leslie's, and and I'll tag along now and then. It's great. Yeah. All right. Besides, besides a store, something a little bit more exotic. <laughs> I think we will eventually get yeah, to that. Yeah, but yeah. but as far as like destinations and places you've been to, I I immediately all right connected with this because I the, the most beautiful smelling place I've ever been was we <laughs> took a family trip to Hawaii and, oh. we were, and we were in Kauai and I mean it it smells almost like that. Uh, it, it's like the fresh, flowers, like fresh. The flowers. It, yeah. It's it's sweet and fresh, and I just couldn't believe that that was a real, okay. not natural in. scent. Uh-huh. Right. That it wasn't fabricated. It was it was yummy. <laughs> I didn't quite understand the parameters of the conversation when you brought it up. Um, and so this is not the entire city, but there I, I went to New Orleans, and there was an a wall in the Garden District, and the whole side of the wall was the the flower jasmine, jasmine, and, and it's yeah. it's Preston, as, and I walked past it like seven times because of how great it smelled. So I kept going back because of that particular oh. smell. Well, okay, so I have a similar story to that. We were <laughs> um, we were in, um, and we're just talking about all these exotic locations uh-huh. we've been to around the world, but my family and I took a trip to Sweden because my wife has family members there, and we were in Stockholm, and we were walking through. Uh, we, were on the, we were on the grounds of the, of the palace of the royal family, and we walked past this tree, and this wave of just beautiful scent hit me, and I like... <laughs> Oh, come on. And I, I, we had to stop. We walked back and forth, and it was a tree, and we 
couldn't, we, we had to try to, I, I think I downloaded an app to figure out what that tree was. I've since forgotten what oh, it man. was, but it smelled know. so phenomenal. I'm going like to text I, your wife. I, I couldn't so, stop. A lot of this obviously is predicated on, on the, uh, on the, the plants that you're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. With it, you know, yeah. uh, it, it would, can you pull it out a ring and say just in general, the general area, just an, a comprehensive smell to an area? Because when we were in Alaska, I remember clearly. Sure. Mm, just a clean, yeah, you know, just crisp, clean air, and, it, and that was amazing. Preston, you had mentioned Hawaii. I, I have you guys all been to Hawaii? Yes. Yeah, I've not. I, I have not either. But I feel like when I look at a video or a picture, like I feel like I can smell it. I, you, can, you can smell it. You can smell it. <laughs> I remember Hawaii was a place where, like, I it was so it took so long to get there. But when I remember walking out of the airport and going and being exhausted and going. Okay, that was worth it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. outside of the airport, like immediately, you're like, okay, yep. that's worth it. Okay, yeah. so I had actually just read about Hawaii that uh, they have a ban on loud laughing there. That if you're going to laugh, you have to keep it down to aloha. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. No, I, 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 I didn't smell that one. <laughs> Couldn't smell it. Uh, okay. Aloha. Aloha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can't can't be, second time was yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but let me let me go to a call here. I have uh, Patrick on the line. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Hey, pa- hey guys. Uh, Gensuits. <laughs> Gensuits, what's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, so I uh, just got to give a shout out here to uh, Sarasota, Florida. It's where my grandparents live. Um, as a kid, I would go there, uh, and there's this specific spot called St. Arm Circle where you, uh, you park your car, you get out, and immediately you smell, like, the ocean air, uh, the salt water from Siesta Key, and then you go around all the shops, and, uh, like, Tom Bahamas, they, they make fresh plantains every day, and you can smell, like, the coconut coming from the shop. <laughs> there's the smell from Tommy Bahamas. <laughs> Yeah, and then you and then you go down the street to like Kilwin's ice cream. You can smell the fresh waffle cones being made, and it's just no. I see what you're saying. In, in, in environmentally, there's a bunch of great smells. I get that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And that's like, um, you know, you were going to say that, that food can be included in that. If you're walking through, uh, say, um, I don't know, a farmer's market or something or, or um, oh, damn it. Slaughterhouse. No, 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 no. In the city. Why am I not? Reading Terminal Market. Reading Terminal, Terminal Market. market. <laughs> and you're going by the various uh, restaurants or, or uh, delis and, and you're, you're getting all those scents. That that becomes one awesome Sensation. I love that smell. I love, yeah, culinary uh, overload. So from this Reddit, um, another uh, user, a few users mentioned Sequoia National Park. Yes. I've been there. Uh, As have I. It yeah. smells like, a, like pine trees, like outdoors. Like says, you were describing Alaska a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nature. It's clean nature. So they pointed out that nature, moist earth, yeah. and herbal tree scent mm. is what makes the park's sublime scent. I love a moist earth. Yeah, moisters are good. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a woodsy scent that yes, is fantastic. No, I'm a big fan of that. As far as natural and in, in, in our areas, there are plenty of them. When I get hit with a uh, uh, with a, a strong scent of um, honeysuckle, yes, yeah. it's fantastic. I like don't want to leave the area. Right, right. And it reminds me of childhood things. And and uh, my uh, my youngest and I uh, love you know picking the honeysuckles and stuff like. that.
like that. So there's a connection there. Anytime I get that, it's a fantastic moment. But I don't, I, I do associate it with certain areas around me because there are some spots in our neighborhood where they really grow. And that's where I like will gravitate towards if I want to get a hit. Take a hit of that. Right. If you will. <laughs> Give me another hit off that. Um, but they said, yeah, food sense. And in fact, in this Reddit, one user vividly remembers. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, I can see well, that. Yeah, and it says that. it's strong chocolate s- smell before the factory moved in the 90s. Yeah, a lot of texts coming in saying Hershey, PA. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, <laughs> then when I was living in Brentwood, Long Island, we were um, about a mile away from the Entrance factory. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and waking, so I, I don't know if that falls in this realm of what you're talking about, but um, that was a constant, it would, some days it'd be a cinnamon smell, and other days it'd be a, a fresh bake smell. So when I, I lived uh, in St. Louis, um, we lived out in the Burbs, my family's home, but I moved into the city uh, for a year and lived there. And there were days, uh, the Anheuser-Busch Brewery was a few miles away right. from where I was. I wasn't anywhere really near it, but you could clearly smell the scent of that beer being brewed. Was it good? Because it was fantastic. Sometimes there are stages of beer brewing that are not that don't smell good. Right, I know what you're talking about. But this was this was a yummy one. Okay. This was when they were cooking the brew, and I forgot. There's a certain um, Marissa, you would know uh, that that strong scent that comes from brewing beer. Um, uh, I think that's the malt and like the barley and the hops. But I mean that that chunky stuff when they're when they're boiling it. What's the that hops. stuff called? Fumunda. No, well, not the, the hops. wort. Isn't it wort? wort. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Oh, wort. And Dude, I, that stuff's a bitch. Uh, what's that? Warts a like, bitch? When you're, I've like brewed beer and like pulling it out and all, it stuff's a pain in the butt. Uh, what, to clean it up? Yeah. Or, okay. But it but smelled smell. really good. And I could get a very clear scent of that, like your Entenmann's yes. uh, factory. Absolutely. And it just smells like carbs. Like it just smells like <laughs> bread. Seriously, like fresh break, well, baked bread. Beer yeah. basically is liquid bread, yeah. right? That's yeah. what I say. Bread is a is a wonderful scent. Um, uh, let me go to some calls here. I'm going to go to Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, buddy? Hey, so I got two for you. I got two good ones. One is when you're traveling down the shore and you're going the back roads down to the Jersey Shore. Yep. And you're on like Route 539 and you hit that one section where you got trees on both sides and you get an overwhelmingly huge scent of pine in the Pine Barrens. And that is, that's a, I love that. a refreshing, yeah, okay. wonderful I love hit for you. Yeah, it's like you can almost like determine exactly where you got to roll your windows down. <laughs> you know, Chris, also, it, natural pine as opposed nice. to artificial pine scent, yeah. dramatically different. Absolutely. I'm going to go to Paul next. Hey, Paul, good morning. Good morning. What's up, Paul? Yeah, from the, uh, I'm from uh, northeast Philadelphia. I'm uh, actually up next uh, Route 1. Okay. And uh, uh, Woodhaven Boulevard. Yeah. Where Nabisco is. Yes. And every time they bake, it makes you want to eat anything <laughs> in sight. I so, is, so good. How long is Nabisco staying there? I thought they were moving. I thought they did move. I thought um, I thought oh, they put top off there. Oh, when you were a kid, you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, man, every time you drove through there, you always want to roll down the windows and be like, what are they cooking today, man? It smells so good. <laughs> Could you tell? Could you tell what the product was sometimes? Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. Could you tell what the product was from time to time? Like oh, they're yeah, making Oreos today. Yeah, or they would be cooking the brownies or the, or, uh, the Nabisco. Uh, or sometimes the uh, macaroni and cheese. You can smell uh, <laughs> noodles or something. Or it was all kinds of stuff. It smells so good. It just always wants you to want to eat when you drive by there. <laughs> nice. No, I completely understand that. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yep. Ooh. On the destination side, a place where you, honestly, I remember 
being at and saying, okay, this is the distinct smell of this area was going to New Orleans. And I don't know if what I was smelling was the city proper was um, chicory or mm, um, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be coffee. a prominent smell, yeah. Yeah. That's which funny. I really like. That's where the jasmine wall was, was New Orleans. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So that, that like very distinct but like palpably pleasant smell right. was in New Orleans. Um, for as much as I love the smells of the Jersey Shore, sometimes in Ocean City, uh, I, maybe during light, low tide, it is uh, a very fishy uh, smell. That's not so, Ocean City. That's all of the shore. Yeah. Well, no, I don't really well, that's get where that. That's on the winds. Yeah, I don't necessarily get that in, in Wildwood. I, I don't know why. But, like, also when, like, you were, like, jogging on the boardwalk, because the boardwalk is a lot closer to the ocean, uh, you would get go through the pockets of, like, oh, geez. Well, this is- driving, by, driving in to, to oh, Wildwood yeah. sometimes, Casey, though. Uh, when it's low tide around there, that stinks. Because it's right next to the poop factory, it too. Stinks. It is? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Uh, um, welcome to Wildwood Tours over here. It stinks. Uh, I was walking <laughs> right. through Center City uh, um, day before yesterday and was walking along, and all of a sudden I got an overwhelming <laughs> smell of piss in yeah. the air. Oh, that's the It word. does happen from who's time the, to time. Who's the guy who was writing a, 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 an article fairly consistently in the paper about... Profound piss smells throughout the city. Oh yeah, that was. Um, yeah, he was going by a name. It was like a command. It was, thing. It was in the daily, uh, yeah, yeah. the daily news, uh, <laughs> and I forgot what it was. It was like the smell of smellmeister. Or something yeah, along yeah, those yeah. Lines. yeah. Yeah, I've gotten that uh, overwhelming smell at the base of like some uh, stairwells in parking garages. Yes. Why, mm-hmm. Yeah. What is it about stairwells? It, Maybe it, it's the place where the people go to pee. I guess. Yeah. The, everyone goes to stairwells to piss. God. Yeah. I don't know. Just makes sense. Uh, I want to go to uh, Danielle on the line. Hi, Danielle. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks, guys. Gadzooks to you, Danielle. What's going on? Well, I just wanted to say I I went was lucky enough to go to Hawaii when I was a kid, and um, the memory of the smell that you're describing is engraved in my brain. It's a plumeria flower, most likely. Was it like white with yellow in the middle or pink in the yeah. middle? I couldn't yeah. really pinpoint. I didn't go over and sniff the flowers. I mean, because it was just this. It was all, it was all around. Like, uh, yeah. but what's it called again? Plumeria. Yeah, they're beautiful. All right. And they're all stunning. It, yeah. Often when you get like a lay, it'll be made of uh, plumeria flowers. Okay. That so you need poon to get a lay. Yes. yes. Uh, can those grow here? Yes. Oh, I mean, uh, are they not, difficult? Not year round outdoors, okay. but you can grow them in a, in a greenhouse. You can okay. do it? Uh, yeah, for right. sure. Absolutely. We grow some hibiscus and they look hibiscus. gorgeous. So I would like to try that because the, the smell is just fantastic. Well, thank you, Danielle. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Always a fan. Thank you. Oh, thank Love you. Ya. Talk to you. Uh, let me go to Junior. Junior, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Godzooks. Godzooks. What's up, buddy? Sorry to bother you guys at work. It's okay. Now, we want to hear about it. All right, so you want to tell us about a place? <laughs> yeah, so growing up in South Jersey area, you go up 295 north there, and as you cross the, uh, as you pass by Cherry Hill exit is Melita Coffee. Melita Coffee. There. Yeah, Melita Coffee. Yeah, a lot of people were texting and saying, but it's, it's only certain times where they're brewing, and then you can smell it. Is that true, Chris? Junior? I'm sorry, Junior? I don't, yeah, no, no, not that I know. Every single time I've driven up that road, and I used to drive a truck, so it was a lot. Anytime you pass that place, you get a fresh smell of, like, freshly brewed coffee. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Vehicle. Dude, that would, yeah, that'd be awesome. Good smell. And where is yeah. this? 
And this is on 295 northbound. Yeah. Or southbound. It's at Route 561 exit, I believe. Okay. Northbound or right. south? No, okay, we'll figure it out. The Marita Coffee Company. <laughs> Melita. 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 Yeah, oh, yeah. The coffee Melita. filters, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. But they apparently. And Steve, they brew it there as well. And yeah, a lot of people were texting in from Jersey saying that that's a great smell every time they drive by. Okay. I want to see if somebody agrees with Chris, because I'll bet you there are some people, believe it or not. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Yo, can you hear me, bitch? Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Glad to have you on. All right, so we're talking about best smelling places, and you have an interesting addition to this. Yeah, I live down in in the real South Jersey, not Cherry Hill. Um, <laughs> by, uh, <laughs> wow. By Cowtown, and the smell of cow crap is just, I mean, I absolutely love it. So you love fresh cow dung or I fertilizer? Mean, yeah, and Crazy. I work like a half hour away up in uh, Sewell, and I'll explain that to somebody's not that far away, and they're they're blown away that I think it's. Chris, I, I can sort of support you there. I I do like um you know horse dung. We were we were uh, on vacation, and where we were, they had it's where the the Lipizzan stallions were, uh, you know, where they trained them and all that stuff. And I'm like, ah, I, I I turned to my wife and I said, I, I like this smell. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Chris. By the way, I, when when they like turn the fields over and love that it's got a it's got a poop smell yeah. to it. I don't know if they're using poop or poop, what it there is. There it is. But I can only handle using. It. I can't believe it's not poop. I can handle it for a little while. After a bit, it gets to be a little overwhelming. <laughs> um, poop. Hang on. Let me go to this is an interesting one. Christine. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, bitches. Hey, bitch. What's <laughs> up? Oh, not much. I just work 12 hours. I'm a nurse. So. Oh, uh, right. well, go to sleep. All right. Uh, so there's a certain scent that uh, that yes. you notice. Well, my husband and I go to Atlantic City several times a year, and we stay at the Golden Nugget. And as I'm coming up the escalator, they have these air fresheners, I guess, throughout the casino. And something about that smell, I guess, because I remember it every time, it's very relaxing to me. It's you know, like, I know I'm there to relax and have a good time. The casino smell? Yeah, because they have, whatever their air fresheners are that they use, they must, like... I think it's I think it's probably bo- uh, uh, Is it body spray and cigarettes. <laughs> no, I, I've heard a long-standing rumor that they pump in extra oxygen into the mm-hmm. casino to keep you awake longer and oh. therefore gambling longer. I have true? no idea if that's, that's true or not. possible because I'm able to stay up. Pretty late. <laughs> okay. Wow. She's been up for a month. All right. Thank you, Christine. Thank you. All right. I've been told we have to take a break. But thank you for your wonderful smelling uh, contributions to this uh, conversation. We're going to come back in a moment, and we're going to get into the B-File and go live on Fox Good Day, and we'll continue to give away your opportunity to win a billion dollars this morning. Stay with us. Don't drunk text your ex. Text MMR instead at 39333. Just don't ask us, hey, you up? Because, nah, we're good. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back. And this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Our next guest is on the road and is going to be performing at City Wine tonight, supporting the Shadows Tour, which is uh, in support of her 11th studio album called Shadows. And we are happy to have in our studio this morning, please welcome Tiffany. Hey, hey. Thank you. Hi, Tiffany. How are Hi. you? Nice to see you nice again. Nice to see you too. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having us here. Uh, our pleasure. We were we were just uh, chatting off air about uh, all these other you know uh, gigs you've been playing and where you're headed to next and all that. And and we actually and I wanted to lead with this. We have a little bit of a history with you. You probably don't remember because you played so many shows. And this was a long time ago too. This was know, twenty years ago. Yeah, 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 at least twenty years ago. Maybe yeah, probably more than twenty yeah. years ago. We were uh, doing a live broadcast. It was on. Fat Tuesday on South Street in Philadelphia at a place called Fat Tuesday. And you were coming by for an interview, just for an interview. You were promoting Manic Panic Hair Coloring. Yes. Yes. And Do you remember, guys? So <laughs> you came in. We had a house band. And they had learned... I think we're alone now. Right. And we were just like, well, we'll just we'll pitch it to her. She's probably not going to want to do it. Thinking, no, yeah. There's no way she's going to do it. Against and we had, a, we had a fanatical, crazy, hard-drinking, yeah. 6 a.m. drinker crowd <laughs> in front of us. Mm-hmm. You got up, and you sang, and the band had learned it, no for no, yeah. with the harmonies and everything. You got up. That crowd went crazy awesome. when you started yeah. singing. I do remember, actually, this. Didn't I have my band with me? Uh, you, or some uh, no. people with me? You did not. You, it, so you, I, you I, might, I, I thought you might not remember because you had so many. Because you literally, were were, no, no. you literally were alone, and the guys. It was, <laughs> it, it was well, no, it was the You're band. The story's yeah, yeah. Sad. <laughs> it was the band, Mr. Green Jeans, yes. who was our house band, and uh, you're, you're singing along. You get to the chorus, and I, th- I forget who it was uh, Ronnie or I forgot one of the Ryan the, maybe the keyboardist started oh. singing the high the high harmonies, yeah. and you turn around, and you're like. What? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I Save mean, the day. yeah, it, it, was, it was so. That's why you're awesome. you're 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 always a beloved friend of the show because oh, well, that was you. one of our greatest moments. And the fact because you were so used to people saying, "Nah, it's early," you just said, "Yeah," and you did it. And that crowd yeah. again went nuts. It was exciting. Yeah, I like to sing, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get up there and jump up there. I'm usually not very shy. Are, are yeah. you surprised that people, um, you know, eleven albums, you know that. And and so, you you've always been working. I mean, you you've always been involved. Whether you have a multitude of things you've been involved in, whether it's like uh, you know the, you've done some some uh, some fun movies uh, and uh, reality shows, but the music has always been right right through uh, that whole process. Yeah, and uh, people must you know because some of the stuff is not what we're hearing. You know, the, the, let's say I think we're alone now, but uh, you've been hard at work for years yeah. putting out albums. Well, silly movies like you said, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Very serious <laughs> stuff. Oh, Where yeah. you fought, Kevin Gibson. I've been singing. I've been yeah. saving the world yeah. from. Uh, <laughs> By the way, we creatures. love those movies. Yeah, we Thank love. You. Yeah, I yeah. do too. Yeah. And I'm going back. Actually, I just reconnected with Asylum Productions, and there's talks about doing.
need some more sci-fi yeah. in my world. So I'm really excited about that. But yeah, I think everything circles back around music, especially in today's world. You have to kind of it's it's exciting because you can live different parts of yourself. Sure, um, like my company's and my friend. Let's end my friend, which is holistic healing and just my knowledge and what I'm learning on the road with my own health battles and traveling on the road all the time and how to keep it together. Um, and then, you know, cooking. I cook Let's Food with Tiffany. So, oh, nice. but all of it is just leading back to music and what I do. And now the new album, Shadows. We're finally out on the road with it. But this tour is different. It's a little wink back to retro. Okay. It's a UV experience. So get your UV on. Come out and glow with me. <laughs> We're selling jackets. I've painted them, had painted them. They glow. <laughs> you know, cool stuff to wear during the show. Of course, like, you know, light up balls that everybody can throw around. So we're just really kind of having fun. I think I spent so much time on the road showing people I could really sing, showing people I was a really musician, all of that. But this tour, I can kind of live in both worlds. Yeah. I think, you know, that we set that base a little bit about she's still here. And yeah. She really can sing. And yeah. She's a songwriter now and come do, you know, more rock stuff with me. And now I can kind of step back and also have fun with the retro stuff. So that's what we're doing tonight. Um, we're going to live in, be- in the best of both worlds. And that's how this tour will proceed with this style, with this approach? With this approach. I mean, the new album is is pretty much like, I call it rock retro. Okay. It's a little bit of a wink back to the 80s flair. Yeah. Uh, the fun of that music. I can't really put my finger on it, but yeah. whatever that was, it's there. And we worked really hard on that modern production from my producer who sits next to me, Mark Alberici. And uh, a little bit of a wink back to punk music. Nice. You know, so it's a little bit of all of that together on the new it. album. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, um, you know, uh, I, I go back to 1987, which is when that uh, album and that that song hit. And for me, that was like a, when I look back at my childhood, like for some reason, 1987 always plays over and over again right. uh, because of that was um, it was a year I had my first kiss, and that summer of 1987 was the summer of I think we're alone now. And you know, I, I was at the pool and I was with <laughs> all my friends, and and I hung out with a bunch of girls, and we were kissing, yeah. and, and we and all that. I mean, honestly, like we were finding ourselves we were you know, finding definitely. ourselves at that time and and but also like in addition to like what the activities that i was there was a soundtrack and you are a, a soundtrack of my life <laughs> which a part of the soundtrack of my life which is really really cool and i'm glad that uh, that is something that you embrace i love it i do i yeah. really do i mean you know i do the music diaries on youtube and it talks about each album and not what you would think it's not really about the, my take on the music it's a it's about my take on living through it. All the emotions I had, all the experience I was having in my home life from relationships, all of it and how that affected me as a musician or performer. Um, and those early albums, I was finding myself. You were a kid. Right along with my fans. Yeah. So, you know, I was right in there with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I was Tiffany, I was really listening to your stories and connecting with my fans and, you know, talking about adolescence and heartbreak and, again, maybe not having the best home life. I love my family, but they were a little crazy. <laughs> so, you know, but everybody's 
was. I, it took yeah. me a while to move around the world to realize, well, we're all like connected. Yeah. It's all kind of the same thing. Well, and now the older music, like it, when I hear it, it just takes me back to such a great time in my life. You know, it's, yes. it, it's just, it's so nice. But Carefree, yeah. Uh, yeah, carefree, totally. Um, but I have to ask you, was or the, the rivalry between you and Debbie Gibson, was that real or is that made up by tabloids? No, that is totally made up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are friends. I mean, she's my you know, partner in saving the world from, <laughs> you know, Mega Python and Gatorade. Uh, no, we are, we are buddies. You know, we're so different, but that's what we love about each other. I think that, you know, it's, again, full circle. The fans know now they don't have to pick Debbie or Tiffany. <laughs> they can have us both. There's right. no rivalry there. It's like the Stones and the Beatles. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and you, what it was great is that you got to depict that that quote-unquote rivalry because you guys actually physically fight in the movie. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, we had a blast. Uh, which was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Casey mentioned the soundtrack, and and uh, it's got to be fun to you when, when you hear your music and your performances uh, come up. I was we're watching the, the first season of The Umbrella Academy, the very first episode. Right. Huge scene. The entire song is played. I know. I think we're so alone tiny. now. I'm a fan of the show. That had to been So cool. that was a great, I, I didn't know about it. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen, so it was a great surprise. Yeah, and and so that I mean, it's it's so well that song in particular is woven into you know a lot of different uh, soundtracks, and you're usually not aware when that's going to happen. No. It just kind of like boom. right now, it's a commercial for McDonald's actually in the UK. <laughs> what? In the UK, right. wow! <laughs> I wanted to ask because of the album is Shadows, and and and, and I was reading um, uh, an interview with you where you were talking about um, you're off a divorce, right? Yes. And and I was wondering, do, as a songwriter. Is it better to write from a, pay, a place of pain or of elation and joy? Which works better for you? I can do both. Yeah. I think what comes naturally out of me is is the more solemn. I'm a true life musician. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a deep sadness there that I don't really understand sometimes. But, um, you know, again, that's why I love songs like Could Have Been, All This Time. Some of the ballads that I was singing back then, I related to for some reason, probably because I saw as a kid broken relationships and the sorrow of that. I want to talk about your family in a second, but to that point, you are you still not the when you that all broke. You were the youngest person to have back to back number one albums on the Billboard charts. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, and uh, that that blew my mind. That's that's yes. pretty. And how old were you? I was fifteen. 15. I was sixteen, actually. I think yeah. when all of that really started to happen. Fourteen when I recorded the record. Fifteen when I did the Malt and then it started to take off and by the time I was 16 I had number one huge. Wow. touring and, the world and, and to your family and I remember when that was all you you wanted to get legal emancipation right. from your family and I didn't realize you know how this stuff gets parsed out and, and how it's fed out to the public and then you read about the story really and I remember you I remember there was some I think there was some backlash against you and oh what you're doing to your family oh, and then yeah. you read about your family and you're very you're, you're candid about you've been candid you know your, your mother had many issues and and you were there was explain to people what your situation was and why you were eager to get that emancipation well i don't think that you know to be honest with you i don't think going into a trial and again that was all taken advantage because i was tiffany right so the attorneys of course want to rake in that bill uh, you know to and high years visibility. To understand yeah. all of this but really what happened was i wanted to move out of the house where my mom was and my stepfather because they had reunited again and i felt that they didn't really address some of the problems i was definitely afraid my mom was going to return back to you know drinking yeah 
And I didn't really want to be a part of that. So I wanted to go and live with my grandmother. But more, my more mom, stable. you know, was kind of dependent on me. There's that mm. codependency. We had that relationship for a long time. Again, I didn't know what that was. So she didn't really want to let me go. It was just that simple. That I was like her security blanket. But at the time, you know, again, I got a major record deal. I'm now touring the world. I've got the label. I've got the management. And I just couldn't do the home thing as well. Go home. And you're and super young. Messes. You're, you're having so I just like wanted to go to my grandma's. Yeah. <laughs> really, it was down the street. And uh, and I ended up, you know, somebody put it in my head. Well, you probably should file for emancipation. Yeah. That's the only way you're going to really be heard or can actually make this happen where you are out of the home. And, I, and that's what happened. I filed for emancipation. It was ugly. I think it was something my family had to go through and it was really bad for a minute. But my mom got sober, stayed Good. sober, Good. and the family actually healed after that. So the so emancipation didn't happen? Just the, the, it did the, happen. Oh, it did I was happen. emancipated. Okay. I went and lived with my grandmother. Okay. And it took me a couple of years to really uh, reconnect with my mom and get a real understanding of what had happened. Again, there's that therapy and that healing. And, you know, she had to come out of that darkness for herself as well. So we connected. And once I became a mom, that's when, you know, I think my whole relationship with my mom really healed because the music thing she didn't really get she didn't know how to really advise me for that and i think it was very overwhelming for my family have you seen the brooke shields special on uh, the documentary i have a it's little bit so yes. linear to what you're saying i love brooke she's it's, always been so nice to me it's, she's but, wonderful my god i mean same mom her mom was living her life through her yes. and got very attached i think my mom wasn't really living my life. My mom didn't know how to live her own life. She yeah. was very shy and very quiet. And then I had this overpowering manager who, again, if you're trying to find your voice and you really don't know how to handle things, maybe without alcohol, he was really overpowering. It was okay. probably not what she needed. Right. But again, sometimes the whole world collapsed on you to rebuild. And that's what my mom did. So it's a success story in the end. My family's really great. Everybody's healthy. There's no drama now. Uh, and <laughs> I have a son who's 30, and he's a structural engineer. His name's wow. Elijah. And, uh, you know, I'm living life. I'm proud. Everything's That's good. Awesome. So would you have done it differently or no? I would have done it differently because, again, I didn't really expect that long trial. I didn't expect them to like pull punches where they, you know, went and interviewed people and, and threw out things about my family that I really didn't really want out there um, and wasn't aware that that was how it was going to happen. It was pretty rough. So, yeah, I mean, I've, if now yeah. I would have put my whole family into counseling, I think it would have been cheaper. <laughs> and I think we just really need to have a, a, you know, talk it out. And my mom needed those skills and those tools. Sober. Yeah, and smart. If people talk, if you communicate, you can get yeah, some things totally. done. And yet it's the hardest thing for people to yeah, do sometimes. It is. Yeah. Yes. Well, listen, we want, to, we want to talk some more. We want to get some more questions. We have some more questions for you. But we also want to hear you perform this morning. Awesome, okay. So uh, we have uh, Mark <laughs> Alberici, who's going to be uh, performing guitar here, and uh, Tiffany singing along. So what are we going to hear? We are going to hear You're My Everything, the new single from Shadows. Oh, nice. Let's check this out. It is Tiffany on MMR.
tuned in. That is Tiffany performing live here in our studio this morning. She's going to be at uh, City Winery tonight, and you can get tickets at citywinery.com slash Philadelphia. And we were talking off air. Um, then you headed off to to play Daryl's house, right? I do. I'm excited. Yeah, Never so been. Daryl Hall. So, and yeah. Is it... Um, 
Is it a concert venue or is he, is he doing? Is he recording venue. it he as well? He has a concert venue. I know that there was a show as yeah. well. Yeah, I think yeah. he stopped the show for a minute. Yeah. So this is his concert venue, and I'm thrilled. I'm excited. All the shows, I'm thrilled. This is going to sure. be a great tour. I really am. So you know, it's nice to be here in Philly. I have family here, so, oh, so really? tonight I'm going to see everybody's faces. Oh, so oh, that, nice. you know, I mean, it's always great to see the fans. It's always great to make new fans, uh, but it's also great to see all of you guys as well. Thank you for having oh, us here today. Our pleasure. But also. <laughs> family. Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's family? Who's in town? Cousins? Oh, um, cousins. Yes, okay. cousins and extended team Tiff, which I call my family. <laughs> you know, it takes a village to do what I do, especially as an independent nowadays, so yeah. I love all of them. I wanted to ask him if it's too personal, uh, pardon me, but are you are you single right now? Are you no, I'm anybody? engaged. Yeah, you too? <laughs> really? You guys are engaged? Congratulations. Nice. There you go. Congratulations. I'm yeah. to Mark. How yeah. long ago did that happen? Oh, gosh. Uh, it was Christmas Eve. <sighs> How romantic, right? Yeah. Yes. Nice job. Whole deal. Total surprise. Okay. You said a date yet, or is I, it uh, waiting? No, to... actually. We're just, um, well, I think we're still talking about it. Mark is from London. He can talk. And he's yes. very early. Oh, yes, yeah. He is true rock and roll. So you, went, you, went, you went with the guy who can talk. <laughs> I did. He does that. He has a beautiful accent. Yes. He's a Londoner. So. Uh, well, yes, I am. Hey, Steve, um, I'm, I'm sensing like Hallmark uh, Christmas movie Hallmark here. Christmas movie. Perfect. Tiffany. <laughs> I think I'm more of a lifetime girl <laughs> okay. as well. Right. There's a little drama there. So, well, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to do it. Let's do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I wanted to ask about your. Um, the, the, who who came up with the concept of the mall tour, which which put you because like, like locally here, the Hooters played a lot of high schools early on, and and people still talk about that. That was just such a nuclear explosion when you did those those tours because the video from that ended up as that vi- first video that right. sold the song. Right. Uh, that was because I was going to get dropped by my label. <laughs> really? Uh, it really was. I started uh, performing out here on the East Coast, doing clubs. I'm, I'm an L.A. girl, born and raised, but there were no dance clubs really in L.A. It was rock. And they sent me out here to the East Coast. I was 15, doing, I think we're And it was going wild. Everybody loved it. But I was too young to even be in the club. Right. So the age difference was like, how are we going to like have fans for her? She can't even stay in the club. So literally they were going to drop my project. They had tried a bunch of different things. And it was my A&R guy walking through the mall with his daughter. And he thought, well, they have hair shows and they have fashion shows and, you know, all these different tutorials, makeup tutorials. Why not have music. So that's how the mall tour was born. It was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was brilliant. It saved my, it saved everything for me. Made me a mean shopaholic as well. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> the, Casey pointed out, yeah. you were of the age of the, the girls who would be in yes. that mall shopping. Oh, yeah. And you're there performing. I used to love it because I would perform, get up and do like five songs, do my whole thing, and then literally there'd be a crowd of people and I'd be like, do you want to go and have a hot dog? And they'd be like, okay. And like all these people and we'd have hot dogs and pizza and then I'd come back and sing again and the crowd would get a little bigger and I'd be like, do you want to have a hot dog? Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, you mentioned uh, Brooke Shields always being nice to you. Uh, who along your route throughout the years were you surprised to find out was like, 
starstruck. Tiffany, oh my God. Oh, Alanis Morissette. No, Alanis Morissette. She totally was like, oh, oh my gosh, you're Tiffany. I was like, oh, you're Alanis Morissette. Oh. Weird, right? That's awesome. I, did she's I hear totally her? cool. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome as a performer, as a vocalist, as a person, as a human, as a mom. Yeah. Um, Have and you ever performed as together? A fellow Zen, holistic healer, and she's really into retreats and oh. mental awareness and mental yeah. health. So I love her. Well, I wanted to ask you about that because I wasn't familiar. You said you have like a holistic healing. Um, what is it that you did? So what I'm doing is I have been diagnosed with long COVID, which is turning into some kind of weird autoimmune disease now. Mm. So just like we were saying earlier, like arthritic conditions and stuff. So I'm battling it with nature, okay. uh, natural remedies, uh, acupuncture, Chinese medicine. I've always been into that, but now it's really, I'm applying it to my life. So as I travel around, I'm just kind of, let's end my friend is on Instagram. I'm going to be having a website connecting the dots of alternative ways and information for everybody in my community. So as I travel around again, you know, the world, I'm going to be meeting with doctors and holistic pr- practitioners, going to do acupuncture. Uh, and I'm basically the guinea pig. <laughs> so come see that happen. <laughs> uh, are you are, are all just start feeling better and better every day. Are you happy with the results so far as I you am. go on this, uh, this journey? I am. I found a great doctor in Nashville, Dr. Toddy. So I'm going to be interviewing her as well. And just uh, finding anything and everything we can about, you know, mental awareness again, mental health, calming the body, living to our, our best capacity. Uh, a lot of it is stressors. I know I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a go-getter. So I put a lot of extra stress on myself and learning to balance. Right. Is the biggest deal. You mentioned your, you mentioned your 30 year old son. How has he handled having, um, (laughs) Tiffany as mom and and the, the you getting recognized and and that whole thing. You know, Elijah is I had the perfect son. He just came out that way. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, whatever. You're my mom." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not starstruck. He's like, "Anyway, okay. can I get some food? It's great." <laughs> when you're done with that, no, he's really always been that way and I wouldn't change it for the yeah. world. He, I'm just mom. Next. Tiffany, you mentioned um emotions attached in, in songwriting and I'm curious as to at, at any point in your life was there uh, bitterness and or resentment towards uh, I think we're alone now. Did you ever look back on it and and regret it? No. You always no, embraced I've never, it. Uh, I didn't want to record the song. So I started out with that mindset, to be honest with you. Even at 14, I was like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't Stevie Nicks. This is what right. I want to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I came from country to like more like a classic rock transition, all of the age of nine and 10, yeah. and then landed in pop music. And when we were first recording, it was a little bit more uh, like the band Texas, a little bit more like a Cheryl Crow, a little Steve. Evie Nicks, and then all of a sudden enter in, I think we're alone now. And I was not thrilled. I, I you know, I thought that that wouldn't show I could sing yeah. and put me in a dance category, which happened. Um, but that's not a bad thing. You know, it just was my path. And um, now I can do other things and still celebrate I think we're alone now. So I've never gotten tired of singing this song. Everybody asks, are you going to sing I think we're alone now? <laughs> always, always, yeah. always. Yeah. Uh, and we've rocked it out. So this show, again, we're having fun. We've extended it. It's got some new, like, you know, different elements in it. And of course, we're going to be rocking our UV in it. So, so oh, very cool. Have, very have yeah. fun with I think we're alone now on the show. Are we hearing that this morning? Or are you going to play we that this are. morning? Okay. Yeah. So you guys have, have to 
This is great. If, if, if you're hearing it on the radio now, that's great. But when you hear it in person, you get to dance. Yes. Get to oh, really yeah. Get to no, feel, I'm milking you know. this one. Like yeah. I said, yeah. this is a really a celebration of music for me, period. Okay. For being here for over 30 years, for having new fans, um, and, of course, all the people that came to the mall tour in the beginning. So that's, I think, you know, again, this is the highlight of the show. At the end of the show, I think we're low now. And we are. We're going to make you dance. We're going to make you sing. Love it. We're just going to get all hot and sweaty and have a good time. All right. Well, let's get a feel for it now if you're ready. Awesome. Tiffany's playing City City Winery tonight. Here we go on MMR.
just sing along, but I would, I would have ruined it. I would have destroyed it. I was going to say the same thing. Tiffany wanted us to sing along. I'm like, where were you guys? We're not ruining this. We're going to ruin this. <laughs> we Tiffany, you don't realize how bad we are. Yeah. I can see it. I can see it. We were Definitely grooving, so we stayed away from that. Sorry, but um, uh, again, Tiffany playing City Winery tonight. I have a song about, uh, or I have a question about that song and, and a moment in there that I absolutely love. You do it twice, and it's uh, it's in the line, and I'm talking about the original recording, um, Into the Night, because you go, Into the Night, do. you do that. Did a producer ask you to do it that way? Or, okay, that's what I thought. I've always had that kind of Stevie Nicks grit, probably because I, like, was, that's all I did in a room, was like, you know, I can see, you know, all yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. So, it's naturally there, but of course, on the record, he was like, I really want it into the night, yeah. you know? <laughs> and of course, it was the 80s, guys. So. Well, you sounded, totally. you, your voice yeah. was much older. I mean, you. when yeah, I you heard sounded. the song before I saw the video, and I thought... This had to be a much older singer, right? Yeah, so that uh, it was very, very accomplished. Um, so, so um, Tommy James and the Shandells were the or the artists. Did you did you ever interact with? Oh, I've met Tommy James yeah. so many times. He's lovely and he's wonderful. Uh, Richie Cordell was the writer of the song as well. But yeah, I mean, when the song came to me at first, it was like, children behave. Yeah. Like, where are we going with this? It was what very crooner-ish, Yeah. Um, and then I came back the next day, and it was dun 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 dun. dun. I was like, oh, it's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, the songwriter had to have loved you because yes. he put some dollars in his pocket. Well, and not to mention, I think it was like four months later, five months later, we have Moni Moni from Billy Idol. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good year. No, yeah. you're right. I forgot that's about that. That was not Shondell, that long. But great after songs. That. Wasn't, that, wasn't Dirty Dancing that year as well? And that soundtrack was huge. And there was like a I lot of so. 50s, 60s era, like a doo wop music on yes, there. And that, I think yeah, so. It all complimented one another. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen, we're so excited you made it by here this Thanks. morning. And we, and we wanted to thank you for, you know, that, that excitement that we got 20 years ago. We will 20, never forget it. Years it. Years ago on well, South Street. You. It was so cool. And today was so cool. And tonight's going to be so cool. Uh, City Winery, if you'd like to go see Tiffany. So uh, we're, we're happy that you're still doing what you do. And uh, and if you're, gonna do, if you're going to do more of the movie stuff, you, you got to get back in touch with us. Oh, we wanna, definitely. Yeah, we want to hear about that, too. too. I'm everybody who's listening. Please visit me there. That's all things Tiff World and come be a part of my world. Yes. Uh, we're doing a lot of different things. And of course, music is always in there somewhere. So definitely. And, and if you come to the show tonight, we're going to have to sing. Yes. None of this. Oh, yeah. We make you work. We so you that. And congratulations, you and Mark, as yeah. uh, yeah, Steve yeah, was saying on your you. engagement and everything. Thank you so much for being here. It's Tiffany, everybody. Yay! City Winery tonight. We are going to take a break. We'll come back in just a second. Stay with us. This weekend, 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two and a half hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Catch it New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3. From the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Bizarre Final. 
This is a wild story. A man at an Illinois nonprofit was greeted by a macabre and occult-like scene when he arrived at work two weeks ago, finding a bunch of sage burning and three severed heads placed atop his desk. Wow. Dale Wheatley is a delivery man for the Anatomical Gift Association of Illinois. I didn't even know there was one. A group of eight in-state medical schools with a shared mission, and that is to procure, prepare, and preserve donations for medical and scientific study. Ah. So body parts and things like yeah. that are a regular see them thing. all the time. You just don't see them sitting out on your desk. Right. Uh, the donations... Well, it's your birthday. ...obtained by the AGA are an individual's body after death. Uh, but according to Wheatley, the AGA has seen far better days. The place is deplorable, he said. It's in shabby conditions. If you're working there for more than five minutes, you start walking around, you start to stick to the floor. Wheatley said <laughs> that... not good. ...some donated bodies have been returned to the nonprofit due to the poorly preserved... Do you have the receipt? Uh, and kept state that they are in. And he said they're sending donors back because of mold and rot and bugs. He said there's been instances where I've pulled donors out from our storing room of the racks and the rats have chewed through the bottom of the bag through the feet. Oh, my God. And the trio of severed heads, Wheatley believes, are retaliation for a recent series of complaints that he has lodged with his supervisors. So they put the heads on his desk to send a message. He said, my boss walked by, and I asked him why the heads were at my desk. And he said, they need to get back with their bodies so that we can send them to cremation. And I said, I understand that. Why are they at my desk? And he said, I don't know, Dale. There's a lot of strange things happening. The wink, head, wink, Dale. Uh, the heads, Wheatley added. By the way, I'm going to need those TP reports by Sunday. <laughs> the heads... Wheatley added, it had an obnoxious smell. Uh, the AGA's executive vice president, William O'Connor, however, strongly disputed the accusations leveled by Wheatley, saying that the group received some bodies in poorer states than others, and denying that Wheatley was retaliated against, noting that handling body parts is part of his job description. Is that what he said, that jerk off? He brought those heads in. Because he manages the rack room where bodies are stored before being sent out in a van. Why wouldn't they keep the racks in the rack room? Uh, Wheatley, with the help of an employment attorney of... Uh, uh, his name is David Fish, has filed a series of complaints with various local regulators. At that point in the morning, in which my client returned to his desk, only to find three heads. Thank you, Mr. Fish. Uh, to improve conditions at the AGA. So that is... That's effed up. That is totally messed up. It's I've an unbelievable story. Never heard of un- anything quite like that. All right, so a Japanese restaurant chain has sued a high school student for $480,000 in what's become known as a sushi terrorism case. Sushi terrorism, the rawest kind of terrorism. (laughs) Video of the teenager licking a soy sauce bottle and licking his fingers and then touching the fish on a conveyor belt was posted on social media and went viral. This is actually a, a thing. The Sushiro, yeah, the Sushiro restaurant chain claims the video scared away customers and tanked its stock, costing it uh, the equivalent of $115 million. Well, a lot of those places are that. They have the conveyor belt going by and you yep. take your food off. And, and uh, yeah, I could see why people would be turned off from going to the establishments. Uh, the teen reportedly admits the prank but claims that he is not the cause of the financial losses. But they are moving forward with this particular lawsuit. Uh, I love this story. A California radio D. DJ with an affinity for slow jams has claimed an 11-acre plot of desert land. 
off of Route 78 as his own country. The United Territories and the Sovereign Nation of the People's Republic of Slojamistan. Yeah. It's now it's desert property, but it's still yeah. legit. Yeah. Slojamistan. Randy Williams is the self-appointed Sultan of Slojamistan. He declared his nation's independence in late 2021. The website for Slojamistan, uh, a nation where crocs have been completely outlawed, outlawed, notes that the country's approach to international relations is, quote, don't start no S, won't be no S. <laughs> uh, Slojamistan has its own flag, form of currency, and Elton John-inspired national anthem. And it also claims to have 12 separate states within its borders, including the capital of, of um, uh, Dublandia. And at present, there are 95 political appointee positions available in Slojamistan. Uh, he had said, we believe in freedom for all citizens of Slojamistan. Uh, the website says, you want pancakes for dinner? Do it. Fancy a pet aardvark? Do that too. There's not much you can't do in Slojamistan. However, please refer to our national laws and regulations. This reminds me of some of the places you went to on your trip uh, cross-country uh, case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one, one sign and nothing else. William said that he's planning to add a lazy river to Slojamistan, as well as an interactive armadillo farm <laughs> and all-you-can-eat Mongolian restaurant. Uh, it's about 70 miles outside of San Diego, and it will soon be issuing passports. And the website is now accepting applications for citizenship. Uh, already, Slojamistan has welcomed the leader of at least one other micronation, the Republic of Malaysia in Nevada, which uh, seceded from the United States in 1998. Uh, Williams is the host of an internationally syndicated radio show called Sunday Night Slow Jams, which can be heard over 200 radio stations across America. So he has found his own place. I love it. That's a great idea. I love it. There should be more shade, though. All right. And then one final story. Let's go with uh, this one. Runners are having a hard time steering clear of aggressive cattle on the Meadow Brook, I'm sorry, the Meadow Lark Trail near Superior, Colorado, a Boulder Open Space Trail. Most recently, a runner was attacked by a smaller herd Tuesday morning. What's attacking? Which temporarily caused the trailhead. Uh, it's cattle. It's, uh, poli- uh, you know, it's cows and such. It's become another catastrophe. Place. It has. My man! Another person called 911 after seeing the runner trying to protect herself on the ground while surrounded by 15 to 20 cows. Most seem to be mothers with their calves. Why don't people just move out of the way? Rangers responded with, uh, they could just steer clear. Absolutely. Rangers responded with uh, 15 minutes and the runner was taken to the hospital. Her condition is unknown. Uh, trail users have been reported uh, reporting aggressive cattle. Uh, the Metal Lark Trail falls within a cattle grazing area, which has prompted rangers to post rangers to post warnings. Uh, so Megan Hetzel, a runner who frequents this area, uh, managed to avoid injury. He said, "There's nothing more terrifying than looking behind you and seeing a herd of very large mooing animals charging at you." Huh. Uh, she said, "I think one brushed me. It was that close." She probably carry a nail gun with you. Uh, when Hetzel saw the story about the runner who attacked, she said that she knows it could have easily been her. So they're trying to figure out what to do with the runners coming through there. All right. And that is the Bizarre File for you. We are going to take a break. We have less in question, trash, and music news when we come back. Who's playing where? When? Answer your Philly concert inquiries at WMMR.com. All the shows that rock, all in one place. Just click on our always up-to-date concert calendar at WMMR.com. 
Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at AcmeSwoopingAndWinGame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The story that was mentioned in the entertainment report, uh, T. Holmes and Amy Robach, two people I'd never heard of until about a week or two ago at Good Morning America uh, with this uh, affair that took place. They were both married to, you know, significant others. And uh, the the word was they started uh, seeing each other on the side, on the down low. Right. Now, the question as to whether or not that was occurring post-separation from their significant others remains up in the air, but it was certainly happening. Yep. So, anyhow, they are now... Now in an open relationship with yeah. each other, and they work together. They're they're co-hosts, and so they are now uh, taken off the air for a cooling off period. They said there's too much attention being put. Uh-huh. Well, the interesting thing is, and, and we were having a quick chat off air about uh, workplace relationships, uh, and we all know how tricky that can be. Um, and also, I'm curious what the rules are in some places. You know, I mean, if you find yourself working with someone else and you become romantically involved, yeah. is that grounds for dismissal? Termination? What, what, what's the story? How, how is it evolved? Yeah, or think- do they or do they, they, they come and say, listen, we discourage this? You know, right, does, right. does the company let their thoughts be known? And also, with that, here's what I'd like to hear as well, and, and any phone calls uh, that uh, want to come in regarding this stuff we'll take, but I want to see if anybody manage to keep it a secret uh, in in a workplace uh, knowing that it's not allowed, Yes, but you, you know, for whatever reason, you can't ended up together it. and you just can't stop that. Yeah. Uh, were you able to keep, yeah. keep it a secret? Yeah, I think certain uh, uh, workplaces, there is there's protocol where like you have to go to your higher up and, and say, hey, listen, this is, uh, we're want to take this to an, uh, another level. No and Yeah, it's something along those lines. They had that um, recent story with the one of the assistant coaches in Boston 
Austin, him and a uh, fellow employee. And, and so here's the deal. There's like hierarchies. Hierarchies. Yeah, so and especially so, if a boss yeah, is. And is, this guy was that, that's, higher. Yeah, that's where you get into yeah. the real, the, the touchy. If you are at the same level, yeah. it's less likely, at least I believe, to be an issue. But, but exactly this guy had to step Casey. down. This yeah. guy had to step down and they, they were in a consensual relationship. But there, I guess, was a hierarchy involved where it was frowned upon. Now, he didn't step down. He was like suspended. He wasn't he got down. He, he did. <laughs> but he wasn't fired or uh, anything along those lines. But he did have to step down. Obviously, I think this is each company makes its call and what what they're uh, they're comfortable with being liable for if something goes asunder. I actually married my coworker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, she was Claire was an intern, mm. but um, you know, when when I was at uh, WDRE in New York, but um, yeah, I and, and they, they sort of knew about it. They weren't thrilled about it, but that's what happened. Here's a text, and uh, I don't know if we'll get to talk to this person or not. And this is a little bit of a different story. It says nine plus years affair with married boss. Mm. No one knows. Wow. Well, that's a that's an affair. That's a little yeah. different than a relationship starting, and but that's juicy. And I would notice mind. Kathy's home today for this conversation. Hey, true, you're right. No. Don't tell anyone. Keep it quiet. Oh my God. We'll say you lost your voice. Oh. <laughs> How long has she been out? <laughs> Several days. Uh-huh. Several. Man, I've seen Bill a lot of coincidence. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm wondering. Uh, I am going to go to Jay. Uh, good morning, Jay. Hey guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, so yeah, so I, my now wife, I actually used to be her boss at uh, this one job that we had had. So we kept our relationship a secret forever until my one colleague wanted to introduce her to a friend. And for weeks, he had asked her and was like, oh, we were going out for this team night event. And I was like, hey, buddy, uh, you know, I can't. She's not interested. So then it came out that me and her were dating. I actually wound up getting fired for it. Oh, may may, may I ask, Jay, what, what kind of work you were doing? I was, uh, it was sales. Sales. Okay, so so I, I understand if the relationship could foster a notion of um, uh, bias, favoritism. Yeah. So, so is that, was that your, is that what they said was the reason for terminating? Yeah, because I, I was her direct superior. Yes, okay. So they said I had to pick my career or her. And I was like, I like her a lot. And then they were like, they fired me. But hey, she's the mother of my kid now. Yes, well, you you stuck to your guns. Jay, did you ever, I mean, I guess if it's policy and if it's in the company handbook or whatever, maybe your your hands are kind of tied with that, right? Well, yeah, the best part is like it started as like, you know how you have like the, we both were dating someone, met each other, broke up with the other people. And then like the next day started dating each other Mm -hmm. secretly. How long, how long were you able to keep that? a secret uh, almost uh, about six months okay we, we thought we were slick but yeah yeah do you know uh, what do you know what happens though jay as you, when you're doing that a lot of times a lot of the people that you work with can be part of your social scene as well yeah. and it, as, as it did with you it became problematic yeah and that was the downfall is because we all hung out so much all the time that you know, hiding it, and then he had a friend that he thought was perfect for her. Yeah, and I had to be, and he was—he's a good friend of mine still. And I had to be like, "Hey, uh, this is why she's dodging you. It's not—it's no other reason than right. this is what's going on." And then, but yeah, but that that, that, that dude dime you out, or did you have to dime yourself out? Uh, he he told me that either he had to bring it up or I did. Oh, so, uh, you know, he gave me the choice there, and I was like, "It's not really much of a choice," but still. 
I mean, maybe if I kill out. you. <laughs> so, I don't know, yeah. you know why he had to bring so, it up. Yeah, yeah. So what what did you think about that guy after that? Uh, in that moment, I was pretty upset about it. I've gotten it over over it through the years. So, I don't understand. Was he your superior? Why does he have to bring it up? It, well, he was. He handled our HR. Oh well, there you go. It's kind of his job. It's his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detail. Right. Detail that he is very responsible. It's not like you're in HR. No, I am. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then if it comes out eventually, it can't come out and be like, well, that guy knew and he didn't say it. Because he loses his job. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, like, well, he knew. Right. And, right. You know, I, bad. Well, I'm happy it worked out for you guys, Jay. That's cool, man. Yeah, no. All right. Hey, great talking to you guys. You have a great day. Thank you, you too. too. All right, we'll you know what? This type of thing happens all the time uh, is in restaurants. Um, people like uh, servers and managers, yeah. and it gets really hairy really fast because, you know, then there's the there are claims of, like, uh, managers giving certain servers preferred shifts. and Absolutely. It, it's, it's just brutal. And, uh, you know, you hear story after story of it, and, and it can lead to people losing their job uh, quite often. And it becomes, so so Claire worked for a number of years at, at a, a place that was sort of the, as I've said, the the family holiday place to go to and there was clearly that situation going on and there was clearly massive amounts of favoritism. Yes. So what that does is that plants this seed. You have a bunch of disgruntled workers who see right. this and that's why on the business side, this can be a liability letting this happen. I mean, you all want to say, well, let love flourish. Right. But that's the problem. And, and then resentment starts to build, yeah. and yeah, it, it can get really ugly fast. Alright, this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but I do want to share this. Okay. This text says, had a relationship with my therapist until my girlfriend found out when I was sleeping and she was texting me. Got her fired. Feel bad about that. That's a direct... There's no... You can't be... You can't date your patient. You, you're the therapist? Oh, not, uh, not dating. <laughs> just having just a... Just banging. <laughs> Alright, uh... Get on the couch, I'll get on top of you. Let me get some other calls here. I have uh, Vanessa checking in. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. What's up? I, I, I kind of not about me, but uh, I worked at a restaurant and uh, there was uh, four people there, two different couples that were together. Yeah. And uh, they did a little swap and <laughs> one person from one relationship got started hooking up with that person in the other relationship, and my bar fired the cheaters. Mm. The che- they fired the just cheaters? the cheaters? They only fired the cheaters. And to this day, the, the two people who got cheated on are still together. That really? is wild. So, okay. And did they specify that they were... Uh, it, well, did they it got just, caught at work. Okay. All right. Oh, they got caught oh, at yeah. work. Well, were they thing. getting it on? What? What was that? Were they getting it on at work? Yeah. Oh. oh, well. On top of the coleslaw. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's interesting, Harry. though. Well, you can do it, but the, the, yeah. the, the, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you not just shouldn't. You're not allowed yeah. to. Yeah. her got it on. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> all right. Interesting. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen... We've seen a few in our time. Yeah, some, oh yeah, some real successful ones oh, too. Have we? No, seriously, Jackson yeah. Michelle. Yeah, they're true. they're still together. And yeah. uh, but I don't, you know, I think when they started, Justin and Winnie. Uh, yeah, Aww. Casey, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, with uh, with Jackson and Michelle, I think they kept it quiet. To begin with, I Bill think and Kathy, so, yeah, they did. Yeah, Bill and Kathy. yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the ones that didn't work. Those out. happened too. Those are kind of. Oh, if if it goes asunder, oh, yeah. if it goes, if it gets volatile, mm-hmm. that's another thing. When you're a, a, an employer, <laughs> presses write me a note because I don't know who he's talking about. Write it down. You guys continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the liability. But um, man, listen. Oh. 
it's just the nature of what what did the recent survey about where we're most inclined to meet people um the the job still ranks very high as the likely place where you'll meet somebody you'll end up in a relationship you go to library you go to church yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. good good girls girls. (laughs) yep (laughs) gotta know the father Uh, let me go to, I have uh, Chris who's checking in. Hey, Chris, good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks guys. Gadzooks, sir. What's happening? So uh, I met my wife uh, at work. Um, we tried to keep it a little quiet for a little while, but nobody, we weren't fooling anybody. Um, and we actually, we applied, got new positions at a different location. They knew we were together and we were getting married and... We've been together for 20 years. We've been at our current job for 17. So, Chris, because you now you proactively went to your superiors and, and let them know what was happening, or what was the progression? No, we didn't really proactively go to our superiors. It just kind of, you know, naturally came out that we were dating. All right. Um, and nobody really seemed to care. They basically said as long as neither one of us was a direct supervisor of the other, it didn't really matter. That's clearly one of the main issues. If if, the, if you're in a place of uh, power over the person you're with or vice versa, that's where, like, favoritism and all that stuff can come into play and really screw up a work dynamic. I wonder what the policy is, though, of you, let's say, uh, thanks for your call, by the way, Chris. Let's say that you get a job somewhere. Right. And then your girlfriend or fiance or wife or whoever it may be, your significant other, applies for a job as well. Can they even not be considered at that point? Or, you know what I mean? That happened here with me and Claire. Claire actually worked in promotions for WMGK for a while. Yeah. So, um, but I'm wondering if some places have a rule that say, I no, you can't. I wouldn't yeah. imagine. I, would I wouldn't imagine. think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't but, know. But, but then again, what's the difference if you're if you are well, already working together and you go fall into a relationship? Well, right? so this happened with an uh, with a friend of mine. Uh, also, the the office manager's wife ended up coming and working in the office. <laughs> completely overstepped her boundaries. Yeah. Uh, ended up like sharing the office with the boss. Put herself in. Situations of this, I'm like, where, like, this is not your job. You're, you're essentially the secretary, but you're acting as if you're the vice manager of the office. You can't do that. And then the husband, you know, his hands were tied. You know, he couldn't do it. You know, he yeah. couldn't put an end to it or anything like that. I think it depends if you're qualified for the job or not. Like, I mean, if you're just the a resume. Yeah. 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 If you're a resume on the pile and you're qualified for it, Claire came in. She worked yeah. in radio before. She, she did had, that. Yeah. If you're getting the job and you're not qualified for it, then there's a problem. But if you got it fair and square. Yeah, but I'm just wondering if the whole relationship thing will sometimes be an issue or not. Because you could be qualified for the job and already be working there. And then entering into a relationship where you both are already employees. And they frown upon there was a place I you know remember I mean? that I briefly worked at. It was one of the early cable companies on Long Island, and they were adamant about no. They didn't even like work outside work fraternization with just you know. They didn't like you going out at all. They wanted you to be an island unto yourself. Which is the opposite of some of the things that are going on now, where people are bringing in younger employees from other areas of the country and saying like, "Come here, we throw parties, we take you out to hang out." So oh, you're just your girlfriend. You're just asking for people to look at your girlfriend. You're young, you're hot. We're having parties. There's booze. Meet the person. Have your dreams. Uh, let's see. We will go next to Lynn for a call. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Hi, Lynn. What's up? What's your story? 
So I met my now husband when I was his boss. Okay. And we've, we've been together for 20 years. Wow. And there, where I worked, there was a lot of people that dated each other. And it wasn't necessarily an issue unless something came up. Like, they had to be, if it came into the workplace, then it was a problem. But since I was his boss, you know, when when we first hooked up, we kind of had a, a very explicit conversation about, hey, what are we going to do about this? So yep. we just decided that both of us were going to look for different jobs, and whoever got a job first oh. would leave. And so ultimately, we both got different jobs within a week of each other, so we both left oh, just wow. to make it All right. Clean. But how long was the relationship going on when you were uh, boss and employee? About two months. Okay. You, you guys really, you guys got on it quick. Yeah. I, I give you all the credit in the world because, it, yeah, I mean, that, that's, um, had you been discovered, would you have been fired? Probably, yes. Okay. All right. Well, then you guys did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> It, it would be hard yeah, just to we, go. It would be hard just to go. No, yeah. we should not do this. This is not right. When you're clearly attracted, but you're looking so good in those Daisy Dukes. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you yeah, working? It's, it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We ended, up, we ended up inviting our our former boss to our wedding. Oh. Well, you did okay. right by the company. You did yeah. right by um, yourselves, and you were able to do it the right way. That's one thing that people, if. <laughs> That's probably the smartest move, especially in a boss subordinate dynamic. You've yeah. that's going to be an issue. Uh, I'm going to Stacy, and she works in HR. She works at a casino, so she's going to. And I'm sure they've got low. Lo- oh of yeah. So you're talking about a lot of employees doing a lot of different jobs. Hi, Stacy. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Good morning Ed. Ed. All right, Stacy. Do you deal with this often? Um, not so often, but uh, we have had issues where we had uh, supervisors or managers dating like line level employees and like directors have found out. So it, we have policies in place, whether it be uh, personal relationship policies or nepotism policies. Yes. Pretty much say you have to disclose within a couple of days whether or not you are, you know, a relationship has formed or you have a relationship. And then it's the requirement of human resources to either make some of a, like an accommodation for either one or both of those people to either separate them so they can continue employment or termination can be something that is part of the, the talk. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of times we will move supervisors because they are the person who is in direct, um, you know, uh, role of those person of that person. Okay. So we'll move them okay. to a different shift. We'll put them somewhere else. Okay. Uh, but a lot of things do fly under the radar. Um, but you know, so so have you, you guys try to make that. accommodations if you can, which which is cool. Uh, what's what's step one when you find out? That someone is is fraternizing. Uh, you, I, I'm sure you have to have a meeting, and and you've had to address this directly to them. Correct. Yep. So we we would bring them in separately. We would have conversations. We would go over the policies, and if it is something that they are truly pursuing um, as more of like a long term thing, which is kind of hard to decide, um, we make the proper uh, the proper calls to moving them, and then we have them sign like acknowledgments. 
that they are aware of the policy and why we're doing what we're doing. So they uh-huh. can't, like, you know, kind of take that to a lawyer outside. Okay. So, Stacey, it would seem to me that in a case like this, if, if, if that relationship could be co-opted by an outside source, for example, in your situation, there's there's a casinos, it's money, it's um, access to certain things that might nefarious types might want access to. I assume the, the places or a place or an issue of national security or something like that. That's where it's immediately going to go to a fireable offense. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Does uh, it make more sense? Otherwise, if if they just make the effort to move, you know, okay, we're not, we'll just move you to different departments. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that seems like the more obvious way to go if you can. Yeah. But there's some cases where it could really bring a company down if someone can exploit that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it definitely depends on the department and the, um, what they have access to. Okay. All right. Thank you, Stacy. And not only that, I would think too that uh, you know they they see that if uh, if someone in a managerial position yeah. is dating a subordinate and it goes bad, and that person wants to turn around and make it into a uh, a legal thing, yeah. uh, then the whole company's got a, a firestorm. They've got to deal. That's with. it. Yeah. That, that brings me back to the original question here of like, what's the point of having Amy Roback and the guy off air? Uh, you know, what, what they, do they win? What they Framed it as as unwanted attention. I, I it's already out there. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't I, either. I, this is television. You want attention, no matter what. Well, you know. So I don't know. There's an opinion piece in the Inquirer today, exactly about that. And yeah. they, they, they basically the the author says. You know, it's just, in, an, in an age where Jeffrey Tubin, you know, had had his thing and when they brought him back on. Any number of scandals. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin, I don't uh, remember. The reporter for CNN who was caught pleasuring himself on a Zoom conference. Uh, and so they, they let him go. But then they brought him back and then eventually let him go again for, for other stuff. But if, if that's, oh, this is just simply people... And they're they're both contemporaries. It's not like one has the upper hand. It was consensual. It's consensual. They yeah. moved on from the right. uh, you know previous partners. It seems to be a, a low level issue. You yeah. know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's just uh, <laughs> a little bit more public than they want, I guess. Well, that's. But the thing is, they were kind of sloppy about. Right. They are high profile people, and there are pictures of him grabbing her ass as they're loading stuff out of a car. Uh, there's a picture of them holding hands and and you know canoodling. Yeah, you have to be. You you got to be really secretive about it. <laughs> there's to do that in the uh, um, uh, Guide for the Married Man. It's a great movie from the uh, from the sixties. That you know, the, there's one. It's these different stories and so the guy you know he say you gotta you gotta take the precaution you gotta do the precaution so in one of the stories the guy's like he learns a different language and he, he goes to they find a hotel on the edge of Siberia and the, the other woman's coming in from around the world and he's rowing across the Pacific and he, he gets in there and goes running into her arms and the door opens up and it's the wife of the photographer <laughs> I want a divorce <laughs> hang on I want to go to uh, Ashlyn uh, hi Ashlyn good morning Good morning. How are you? Great. What's your What's your story with all this, Ashlyn? So my boyfriend and I, when we first started talking, we were both in relationships with other people. And at the time, he was also my boss. So we both broke up with who we were dating and started secretly dating each other. I got offered a higher position in the office I was working at, so he was no longer technically my boss at that point. So we came out that we were dating, and here we are four years later, and we have a 16-month-old together now. And you're still working at the same company? 
Uh, no, we're not working at the same company anymore. He's still at the same company. I work for a car dealership now. Okay. How, how long did you successfully hide it for? Uh, almost a whole year. All right. Before, what, what was the most elaborate thing you did to hide it? For, for people who are looking for advice on how to successfully hide their work relationships, what would you say is the main thing? Just don't make it too obvious. Like, when you are both are in the same room together, try not to make eye contact with each other or, you know, like little flirty eyes and that kind of stuff because then it's going to lead other people to actually think that there is something going on if you're trying to hide it and basically act like you hate the person when you see them. Dude, <laughs> act like I, you I hate know. the person. I have to ask this. Was some of that kind of fun? It, it was fun. It was, for me, I'm a very big, I'm a nervous Nelly. So yeah. I was always, you know, in my head, like, okay, well, maybe this person knows. And he was always yeah. like, nobody knows. Just, like, stop thinking about it. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Would you ever send or receive texts that were like, I can't stop looking at you, but I'm not going to <laughs> do it? I, I would. It's really funny because we would be sitting on opposite ends of the room, and I would just get a text message from it that would be like, I see you. And it would take all of me not to look up and, like, look around. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think it's great. Uh, when you have those little flirty things, that's that, you awesome. know, again, uh, Claire and I engaged in that, you know, and it is fun. There is, there is an, uh, um, oh, we're going to get caught, you know, but you don't want to get caught. What was fun. the, uh, thank you, by the way, Ashlyn, uh, in uh, in Top Gun, uh, you know. Oh, I don't want them to know that I've fallen for you. Yeah, yeah something yeah, like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. I oh, sent God. Preston a really saucy text the other day in case he got jealous. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Really? <laughs> Texas, yeah. I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Because he's thinking saw about rye bread all day. <laughs> he saw my reaction to it. He saw my face. Yeah. And I looked at Nick. It was while we were in the meeting. And, and the next thing you know, we get a text from Casey. He's like, I want to be a part hey. of this. Hey. Come on, man. Rye bread. <laughs> anyway, well, this this whole thing on, on Good Morning America. Uh, GMA 3. When is so, GMA it's 3? It's the third hour of Good Morning America. It's okay. a stupid, never-ending right. morning show. <laughs> Cups of coffee, smiling. Well, they've. Uh, crap. They've pulled them off uh, the air for the time being. We talk about farts. Quote, unquote, cooling off, period. So, yeah, I thought <laughs> kind of interesting. Excuse me. All right. Bizarre file stories are on the way when we return. This weekend, 93.3 WMMR says farewell to 2023 with our annual countdown of the year's biggest songs. The MMR Top 25 Countdown. A two-and-a-half-hour look at everything that rocked Philadelphia in 2023. Great tunes from veteran bands like Foo Fighters, Green Day, and even the Rolling Stones. To newer artists like Jelly Roll, The Revivalists, and Mammoth WVH. Catch it New Year's Eve starting at noon with an encore presentation New Year's Day at 3. From the station that's ready to spend another year playing everything that rocks. 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Gary Barbera's on the Boulevard. Is Barbera the best? Boy, I guess. We got a last minute call from a buddy of ours who happened to be landing in our city this morning for shows tomorrow night, by the way, at uh, Punchline and also Saturday. And there are scant few tickets available. In fact, he was telling us most of almost all sold out except maybe late show tomorrow night. They're going to go quickly. Yeah, please give some love to our friend, Mr. Jeff Ross. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey. What fun, guys. How you doing, Jeff? It's been too long. I yeah. landed, and I, I knew you guys were on tonight, today, and I, I don't know, when I get to Philly, I think of Preston and Steve, <laughs> and I, I was like, I looked at my phone, I was in the cab with my buddy, and I was like, I got the direct line right now, I wonder if they're around, <laughs> and I just called from a cab. <laughs> it was great, because at the time you're calling, we were waiting for Bert Kreischer to call, right. and, I, and and so Marissa's saying, that doesn't sound like Bert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I no, came in early, my I'm seeing Springsteen tonight. Oh, Little nice. Steven invited me. No way. Oh, so I was like, I got a day off. Let me just see what Preston and Steve are around. Because oh. I remember doing, like, appearances at your outdoor rock events and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, either emceeing or just showing up. And I was like, man, rock and roll's still alive in <laughs> Philly. I want to go say I want to go say hi. Well, this is a great town for Springsteen, which is about any town is. But you, you were, like, you're not speaking out of turn. You are a hardcore fan. I asked you off air uh, how many shows you've been to. Give us a ballpark. Oh, uh, I bet I've been to probably since the 80s <clears throat> I close to 100 shows oh, wow. what is it wow. what is it about the band uh, and and uh, and the and the live show it's Bruce's that's... ass is it <laughs> oh, oh, so good so good that's that's ass. I don't know why <laughs> fine wine fine wine and, you know I whenever I make love to my woman I put on streets of Philadelphia <laughs> Very thin. It's good. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it sinks <laughs> I just—I'm a Jersey boy, so it yeah. speaks to me. I'm from Newark, New Jersey, originally, and Union, yeah. and Springfield, New Jersey, and I come down to the shore <laughs> uh, with my family in the summer. So, Bruce is the soundtrack of my life. Yeah, absolutely. How did you and uh, little Stephen hook up? You know, I got a—I got a, a, a note from him asking if I would uh, talk to him about his his uh, foundation called uh, Teach Rock. Org, where he teaches uh, rock music, teaches music in public schools that don't have music programs. And I went down to the Stone Pony a few months ago, I think it was in November, and I uh, hosted a, uh, a benefit there with Little Steven and Southside and all the guys. Southside Johnny, wow, yeah. It was a wild time, and um, yeah, Steven and I stayed in touch, and I, he hit me up inviting me to the show. I have a lot of friends in that band, so. Have you been able to make the, the jump to Bruce himself? Yeah, well, it's okay. You know, I'm okay hanging out with the E Street band. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not shabby. Yeah, yeah. I only met Bruce uh, one, uh, you know, once or twice, very briefly. Uh, not too long ago. Oh. Yeah, at the Stand Up for Heroes show in uh, New York. Oh. Is that John Stewart's show? Yeah, 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 yeah. And John and Bruce have become friendly. They've the become really good buddies. It was yeah. actually John that introduced me to Bruce at this oh, wow. event. Yeah, it's funny because when you watch John interview Bruce, you could tell that it's he's a super fan. And initially, I think he was really nervous when he when he met him and would interview him. And now they kind of seem like a, they have a good rapport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, you can become friends with anybody. They're all human beings. But yeah. I get starstruck. I get really starstruck. Oh yeah. And, uh, I think I'm actually wearing the Stand Up for Heroes shirt. Like yes. it's one of my best. Days. It was a great crowd at Lincoln Center. That's awesome. I've never seen Bruce in the wild, but a couple of years ago, uh, before the pandemic, he was uh, spotted in Wildwood, New Jersey, yep. uh -huh. on the Wildwood Boardwalk, because apparently his son, I think, was a firefighter. a firefighter. And so he was down there for some reason, and word had gotten out, and there was a picture of him.
and I was like, okay, let me look at the background. Let me see what's going on here. And, and I knew exactly where it was. And I beelined. I just wanted to. I didn't want to say anything to him, but I just wanted to see him with my own two eyes in the wild. Yeah. I didn't get to see him. I didn't get to see him. It was such a letdown. I had gotten there. First to- time I saw him, you know, other than concerts, was I was uh, in my 20s, early 20s. I stood outside the Asbury Park Convention Center to hand him a note uh, <laughs> asking to, to do a sh- to interview him because I was like guest hosting a talk show. Right. And then, uh, you know, and then I remember uh, uh, even before that, maybe I was in college or just after college, he came into a restaurant I was in and lost his gloves under my under my booth. Whoa. <laughs> and then another time, uh, Nils Lofgren introduced us backstage at a show and uh, and more recently, John Stewart uh, took care of me at the uh, Stand Up for Heroes event. So, you know, Bruce is like this, you know, this enigma that yeah. walks around. You're like, you know, I'm sure he's like uh, over it already, but I'll never be. You know? so, yeah. so Bruce is for you like uh, like Eddie Vedder is for me. And and uh, you posted a photo on your Instagram, Jeff, not that long ago, where it was you, Eddie Vedder, Sean Penn, uh, Wendy Liebman, I think was in the photo yep, as well. Yep, yep. And um, how did that come about? We were in Hawaii. Um, I was doing a show. There it is. I was doing a show uh, with Bill Maher and Wendy and for New Year's. And Sean Penn and Eddie Vedder. Eddie's actually a good friend of mine. He, oh, here's here's a good here's a good Eddie Vedder Springsteen tie-in. So I've been asking for years to do the Stand Up for Hero show. Right, and uh, it's a great event. It's a great event. Severely yeah. wounded soldiers. <clears throat> they raise a lot of money. John Stewart puts everything he has into it. He had great lineup: the Lumineers, Springsteen's headlining, a bunch of cool comics. And I get there early, and Eddie Vedder and his wife Jill are in my dressing room. Surprise me, along with uh, Gilbert Gottfried's, uh, you know, his uh, his widow Dara, my good friend, and, and Gilbert's little kids. You know, they're like almost teenagers. And I'm so happy to see everybody. I had just flown in from L.A. Here I am at Lincoln Center. And I make a joke to Eddie. I go, tonight's the night, man. I'm going to meet Bruce. Like, this is it. Like, this is my guy. I'm from Jersey. He's born to run. If I ever got a tattoo, I'd get born to roast. (laughs) And Eddie laughs. He goes out in the hallway and he gets a magic marker. And he writes born to run, born to roast on my shoulder. (laughs) That's great. You know, just to make the kids laugh. And we're having fun. And I try to Bruce later on when I met him and he looked at me like I was out of my mind. <laughs> oh, jeez. I thought this guy was cool. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I go down to the comedy cellar after the show was great. Bruce was cool. He's like, very funny, man. Very funny. I did my whole thing. And uh, uh, I go downtown and I'm like, uh, all the comics were like, Jeff, you got to get that permanent. Like, Eddie Vedder yeah. wrote Born to Wrote, wrote a, wrote a Bruce Springsteen tribute that on your arm? Like, yeah, that's a story. And Eddie does calligraphy. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, he's done his album covers and yeah. stuff like that. So I text Eddie in the morning, and I go, I'm going to go get this permanent, just letting you know. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Let me let me take some time and really draw it nice. And I just kind of forgot about it for a couple months. And then on New Year's, where that picture's from, yeah. Eddie Vedder showed up, took me out in the parking lot. He's like, I got a present for you. Oh and gave God. me this book of art that he did with, like, my jokes and little tributes. And he did Born to Roast. What? Jesus. With calligraphy. Oh, my God. So then I'm like, wow. Like, huh. 
I'm Jewish, not supposed to get a tattoo. <laughs> this might be the one. You can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery. But then again, I know people. <laughs> and then I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And you then, didn't do it. Then oh, I didn't man. do it. I didn't do it. And then, and no one has seen this. This is an exclusive for the mm. Preston and yeah. Steve show. I was in New Zealand few weeks ago with uh, with Chappelle, and I had a day off in Auckland, <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> I okay. Did. Oh, All right. Oh, this is God. an exclusive. All right. Chris is there getting this. Uh, Jeff is taking his shirt off. I have a feeling you, you can't do the Jewish shirt. I did it. Oh! There it is. Born to roast. That's really cool. That is a great story. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, you have two giants synergizing for this tattoo. It's amazing. Eddie is extremely proud of it. Like, I sent him pictures. Danny Clinch, his photographer, captured him drawing it on my arm that night. So it's well documented. Who did you turn? Did you you vet your, I mean, uh, you want a top level? Ink guy, who did you? No, go I was with? drunk in his <laughs> 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 It was a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I was like, "Screw it, I gotta, <laughs> who's around?" Wow. And my buddy, uh, ex Special Forces, Big Jake, who does security, uh, he's like, he, you know, he's like, I, I want to go get a South Park tattoo on my leg. <laughs> and remember New Zealand? I go, what? <laughs> and he's, you know, we, we had a couple of drinks. He just takes a walk down the block, and he comes back. <laughs> Twenty minutes later, he goes. They're expecting us at the tattoo parlor down the street. But I found this cool guy, Spider, in uh, New Zealand. Spider. 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 Who, uh, wow. He was, like, working on some lady's, like, boobs. And I yeah. was like, all right, well, she trusts him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got on the plane that night back home with uh, with some uh, hot ink on my shoulder. Wow. It's wild. You do a ton of charity work, and you, you operate in these circles, you know. And, and it's funny, the, like, seeing you pop up on uh, the, pop culture. You've worked your way into. I was watching that Pamela Anderson documentary. Oh yeah, you, and there's clips from the roast. And oh, am I in there? You're in there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow, good so, for her. I love it. Yeah. So, so there's a. That just she was a great sport. Yeah, yeah. But that I'm, was for Peta. Right. Yes, that was the main. I came out in a full fur coat, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they started throwing ice at me from there. <laughs> but yeah, that was the one where Courtney Love attacked me. Yeah, oh my God. we had oh Courtney God. Love in here one time, uh, and uh, with Bert, her she yeah. jumped on Bert's back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh wow. He yeah. jumped no on more on. to my back that night. Let me tell you. <laughs> so we had um, we had a tell in here, uh, not in here, but on here not that long ago, and I wanted to ask about bumping mics because I love that special. Yeah, it's on, great. On Netflix is um any chance of, of that coming back? You know we're doing a casino gig in California coming up. We went we popped up spontaneously at the Comedy Store in Hollywood the other night. So it's just this kind of thing we do when we're in the mood. You guys are just so good off the cuff. You, you know, like I mean, your, your crowd work and, and your your ability to just improvise well, is, he, is really great. He, you know, David Tell, you know, he was going off about you. So complimentary, uh, you know, and he's he was kind of saying, guys, I, you know, I, like I have a reference in mind, and, and you know, he says, I'm getting older, I, I can't remember the second, I got to wait a couple of seconds, and but he's talking about you, like laser focus, yeah, and uh, and uh, he really admires it. You guys obviously have it's very fraternal. I love him so much. Yeah, yeah. It's funny he'll say these nice things to me to, to strangers, but when I'm around, he's like, 
He's like, get out of my way. Stepped on my joke. You didn't make eye contact. I told you not to set me up like, you know. Yeah, no. It's like going, it's like going on tour with my great grandma. But uh, I love him so much. Check out our bumping mics on Netflix. Uh, hopefully we'll do it again. I know we both want to shoot our own specials and do our own thing right now. But, you know, Dave's like my, uh, he's like my... Uh, He's just—he's the best. Something, my comedy guru. When I get on stage with him, I feel like he ups my game. And you both are super charitable, which mm-hmm. is, like Dave's done stuff for us as, as well. Um, you know, and, and it's and you 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 know you you you, pl- you pay it forward. I wanted to ask you because there was a story that popped up about the show that you did at the um, was a Brazos County Jail, the, the Brazos County Brazos, Jail, right. yeah. And there was a story where I think that they used video or something that related to one of the. Inmates there. Yeah. Too? What yeah. what happened there with that story? Oh, uh, it's kind of a grim story, but it's it, but it's, it was. It's like that can't be true. It is true. I did a show in a maximum security jail, and it was great. It's on Comedy Central or Paramount Plus. You can watch it. And I get to this jail. This is a few years back now, but it's come up recently. Yeah, come up over it, New Year's. It was in the news. Yeah, and you know, I, I it, there's a kid there who. Uh, I made a joke with. I said, yeah. you know, not my best joke ever. You know, but the whole place was white supremacists <laughs> with swastika tattoos and gangbangers with teardrop tattoos. And just this one little <laughs> squirrely looking kid, Asian kid, actually. Yeah. Not my best joke. I go, what are you in for? Hacking a computer? Mm-hmm. And he kind of laughs and goes, I hacked something. Oh, jeez. I oh, find God. out later that this guy hacked up a beloved in, uh, college professor and almost killed his wife. He wanted to watch somebody die. Wow. Psychopath. And, admit, and, and admitted it. And wow. then uh, the prosecution used the video of him making that joke to oh show the jury he had no remorse. So he got the death penalty. Wow. Oh my God. Well, I'm, so I'm seeing that story and I'm like, no, because I saw the special, I saw that exchange. Yeah. And, and, uh, um, and, uh, and then, I, so I guess it's true wow that's pretty bizarre. intense yeah it's like overly intense <laughs> i know oh it's God. really grim but the good news is the supreme court had to watch my comedy special <laughs> <laughs> so performing at the uh, supreme court christmas party this year. There, there's the next shonda rhyme series <laughs> is supreme so, court stand up yeah god works in mysterious ways it's like the, I, that guy who was um oh who was accused of murdering and then and he uh, he got away with it and then he was being interviewed and he went to the bathroom with the live microphone on right. and talked about yeah talking to himself and he, he said oh, he killed him that's uh, Robert Durst yes, yes. the jinx oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Jarecki's uh, film a credible film Andrew here's another way to bring it all around yes Andrew Jarecki who directed the jinx about the Robert Durst murders directed Bumping Mics no, no kidding what yep, yep. <laughs> you know he, wow. he, the, I, he's a good buddy, and I, I begged him. I said, dude, you do all these dark documentaries. You need to, some comedy in your life. <laughs> right. And uh, he's the only guy you tell with trust because he knows him, too. And he directed Bumping Mike. It's funny because you think of something like directing a cut, like a, like a Chris Rock special, and, and the, the, you got to have a director you can trust. You think, okay, it's a stand-up. I'm going to just point the, the camera at this stage, and that's yeah. that. But there's a lot more, and, and we've recently, over the past couple of years, come to appreciate more the art of directing mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian special. Right. So how how closely do you work with a director who's doing one of your specials? Very, very close. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't have a director on some on the Brazos County Jail. I always right. worked with director of photography and that kind of thing, and I would kind of work very closely that way. Uh, but for a, as far as like a formal director, it's important, and you want to get the right shot. You want to be shot from a, 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 an angle that works for the comedy, right? And doesn't make you cringe about looking at yourself. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a big fan of watching myself. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Uh, so yeah, it's really important. What and a, also, th- there's a real art to keeping it simple. Yeah. Not overshooting it, not overdirecting it. What about lighting uh, of you versus lighting of the audience? Because I've heard sometimes if you get too much light on the audience, uh, when you're watching it at home, you end up focusing on the people in the crowd rather than focusing on the comedian. My comedy's interactive, so for something like bumping mics, I like some light on the crowd because we're talking to the front row, we're walking around the room. So it's a happy medium. You really have to find it. Depending on who you are, if you're really doing a theatrical presentation, you want the audience dark. But I like to see the crowd i like to be in it with them yeah yeah we're looking at your projects you've got a uh, a movie called max dagan that's coming up oh yeah that's cool what's the story on that a little independent film i did and i just did another uh pete farrelly movie oh. uh, out in uh, when i was in australia and uh let's see next week i'm in wilkesbar wilkesbar how do you say Wilkes-Bar. at the casino out there yeah like a week from uh tomorrow well, mohegan I think. sun i think right yeah that's it yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's like a sprawling place. I've never been to it, but people go to it's like, it's huge. Yeah. So yeah. that'll be fun. So I'm on the road a lot and uh, working on some new stuff for uh, for Netflix and uh, yeah, life's good. <laughs> you know, awesome, I didn't man. really have an agenda. Like, I, I, I haven't been to the Philly Punchline. I'll be there all weekend roasting volunteers from the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a very personal act talking about my own life experiences more and more. I lost some really good friends uh, uh, last year. Sorry to hear Bob that. Saget and Gilbert yeah. Godfrey, so uh, that's a big part of my show, but it's not sad. It's a very sort of hopeful, uplifting. No, when you talk about Sag, they were both friends of the show, Bob in particular, him being from Philly, and we had just talked to him, and uh, you know, prior to you know, just a a week or two before, and and uh, yeah, you your stories, and and it was I think it was you and John Mayer, right? Uh uh Yeah, I mean, Uh you did some really touching stuff after uh, Bob died. It was it was I mean, it's weird to say it, but when you it's comforting to see people reacting the way you did you know and he was a good friend of the show he was a great friend period everybody listening i hope you have a friend like bob in your life Mm -hmm. someday he really was that guy you guys got a got a feel for him over the years of what a good heart he had and i think at his memorial i said bob saget america's dad kind of like bill cosby (laughs) they're both from philly except bob would put people to sleep the (laughs) old-fashioned <laughs> By talking about his charity work for Scleroderma <laughs> Research Foundation. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. You can use that one, Bob. <laughs> and he would. Too. And obviously, with, we'll miss, uh, you know, Gilbert coming in here because he came in. Like like clockwork, year after year, and he was always great because you know you had Gilbert, the, the guy kill, on the I gotta air. Look those up. I got to see Gilbert with you guys. Oh man, he was great. Up. I got to look those up. He, in but, fact, but the, when when the switch would flick, when he would go into the the Gilbert Godfrey, yeah, you know, come in and go, yes, yes, gotta get yeah. a water and yeah. oh, okay, it was always hilarious. Water fail. and anything else that there was available to eat. Yeah, right. yes. uh, he was famous yep. for taking everything home. Yes, he was a psycho with. That. He would have, you know, his wife Dara still throwing out soaps and toothbrushes and everything he found at every Super Eight hotel from Jeff, here to uh, that documentary about him. When I when I saw him with him as a Family Guy with kids, I'm like, 
oh my God, that's the antithesis of the way I imagined his right. his personal life. But his kids want, are, are, are <laughs> they don't look like him at all. <laughs> I mean, you, you can see him in there. Yeah. But Dara's very lovely and the kids are beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They're very funny kids that's also. That's great. Yeah, so, uh, you know, life goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I love your uh, your Instagram post for the gig here in Philly. Uh, you're uh, you're superimposed on uh, Ben Franklin, <laughs> and you actually you you segue right into Ben Franklin pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It, it upsets me how good that looks. Dude, Michael Ian Black commented, "You were never that thin." <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, the life and death tour. There it is, coming to Philadelphia. It's excellent. <laughs> and then the line that's written uh, by you, I presume, says they call Philly the city of brotherly love because everyone looks inbred. <laughs> that's a cheap shot. Yes, yeah. I love a cheap shot. I was just talking about you guys. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. That's on the money. Uh, uh, hey, you know what? Let's have let's have Jeff be uh, a listener in on this because you've you've been to a hundred some odd shows, and so I just want to see if. Um, I'm not going to ask for your answers, but I'm going to see if you think you could identify these songs. I we think have, I can. Can I get have, a pen? Should we I have, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. We have ten songs. I'll play it yeah. for you. How much time to, for each song? Uh, it's like a second. Right. So each song is, you know how Bruce mentions locations around the country yeah. in the song. So each one of these is just a segment of him mentioning a town or an area. So I'll play this for you. This should not be allowed. I know. You're ruining 10 Bruce songs. I'll play it again. One more time. Play it again. Here we go. Tough one, man. But we had people in the and got eight of them. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really impressed. Well, let me go. Let me go. I heard to... Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. Let me I go. To... I, Greasy Lake is a real place. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> Who would want to live at Greasy <laughs> Lake? <laughs> like, well, yeah, I bought a beautiful plot on Greasy Lake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, it's a grimy beach. Let me go to Paula. <laughs> she thinks she knows. Hey, Paula, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Excellent. So we got ten songs here. Uh, go through the titles. I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong until we get to the very end here. So just rattle them all off. What do you think we have? Bye, bye, Johnny. Streets of Philadelphia. Spanish Harlem. Wrecking Ball. Spirit to the Night. Rosalita. Born to Run. Hungry Hearts. Lost in the flood. If I were a priest, oh, she, oh. she got nine. Oh. 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 No, I am oh so sorry. God. I am so wow. sorry, but hey, thank wow. you for the call. Thank I appreciate the it. Right. She missed Greasy Lake. Wow. <laughs> no, Lost in the uh, Flood is one of the best no, Bruce Springsteen songs. What song? That one's poetry. Lost in the Flood. Yeah. 
I once asked Brandon Flowers from uh, The Killers what yeah. his favorite Bruce song, and he's the only other person that told me yeah. Lost in the Flood. Yeah. Like, they just I, I, jammed together, didn't they? Um, Brandon came out with Bruce, or Bruce came out with Brandon. I think they did. Brandon's a huge Bruce fan, so yeah. I'm not surprised. I'm a, I'm a massive Killers fan as well, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Where I, is Greasy like uh, Nick? <laughs> uh, well, there is. I don't know if this is the one that Bruce was referencing, but there's one in uh, the middle of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In figure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you just pick the fish off the the top. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she, uh, and, and I feel, this really, really sucks, but I think the one that she didn't get, I think she said the lyric and not, not the, the name song of the title. Song. Oh. oh, really? Yeah. So you just heard, you at least you know, right. nine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, Jeff, this is a great surprise. Thank you Are for you coming by me? here, Thanks man. for letting me bum rush your show today. <laughs> I had so much fun. Yeah, anytime. If any of you guys want to come out to the show tomorrow or Saturday, let me know. I we, got you. We're going to be actually in uh, in Florida. Are you kidding? You guys are all over the place. Yeah, I love it. You know what, though? If you come back uh, to Philly this summer, because Bruce is doing two shows at the ballpark, uh, come see us then. You know, Yeah, sure. For sure. Anytime I'm in Philly, man, this is a real treat. This took me right back to the the days when we used to run around Philly. So it was great to see you (laughs) guys. Love it, man. Great to see you. Jeff Ross, everyone. We'll take a break. Stay put. Hey, want to hang out with your favorite MMR DJs? Check out the events and appearances page at WMMR.com. Come say hello. Plus, you might even win some cool prizes we snuck out of the building. WMMR.com's got all the where, whens, and what they're giving away. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. Kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. We'll start with a pretty messed up one. Uh, Lake uh, Lanier has had another life in Georgia, only this time the mode of death is one that seems to be uh, able to be explained because uh, this guy was shocked to his demise. 24-year-old Thomas Milner is crazy. was killed on Thursday after he reportedly jumped into the water from his nearby family dock only to start screaming moments later and calling for help. Apparently, he was being electrocuted from within the lake itself. Uh, reports say that the family, friends, and family and friends tried pulling him out uh, but were unsuccessful. It seems a neighbor had to actually drive over to his location with their own boat only for someone in that boat to finally jump in and 
attempt to bring him to shore. That person, who hasn't been identified, reportedly told authorities the authorities they started feeling a burning sensation as soon as they got into the water, which they assumed was electricity. According to one local outlet, the diver actually got out of the water briefly, turned off a power box that was adjacent to the dock, and then went back in to get Milner, at which point they were able to pull him out. Unfortunately, it was too late for everyone involved. They tried life-saving measures, but Milner later died at a hospital. So was the power box, in fact, the cause of that? That's what they're saying. Yeah. Okay. There's no official word why. There's no official word why the water had uh, electric currents in it. But believe it or not, it's something that Lake Lanier officially officials have uh, actually warned the public about over the years, citing the risk of electric shock drowning. Some say faulty outlets can cause this. Uh, officials have actually told people to swim in Lake Lanier at their own risk as of late. And this body of water has caused upwards of 700 deaths dating back to the 1950s. Well, if that... Wow, that's a freak accident. Usually when you have something like that, it, like uh, the, the power will shut off if there's, if there's some sort of exposure to water. Yeah. All right, here's another uh, aquatic story for you. A manatee who died in a Florida aquarium this year sustained fatal injuries caused by sex with his brother. Wow, man. Hugh, who was 38 years old, died unexpectedly. Yeah. At the Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium in Sarasota, which this week shed more light on the animal's passing, saying the injury was most likely the result of sex with his brother, Buffett. Uh, Moore insisted that Hughes... uh, You can't be with the one you love. (laughs) Moat insisted that Hughes' handlers uh, never believed that he was in any danger. The aquarium said in a statement on the day of Hughes' passing, Hugh and Buffett engaged in natural yet increased mating behavior observed and documented in manatees, both in managed care and in the wild. This was the first time such heightened mating behavior was witnessed between the two manatees. And it was so vigorous that one died? Yeah, in a necropsy performed by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, uh, they found that the the fatal wound was a 14.5 centimeter long tear in the ventral wall of his colon. Wow, man. And that's what happened. The aquarium said that Hugh and Buffett were both observed initiating and mutually seeking interactions from each other throughout the day and... And there were no obvious signs of discomfort or distress, such as listing, crunching, or active avoidance that would have triggered a need for intervention. Yeah, it's tragic, but you're a champ, bro. Uh, keepers didn't try to physically separate the manatees during sex, fearing that that would do more harm. Following the, discre- the direction of veterinarians, distraction rather than physical separation was chosen because separation has previously caused undue anxiety and negative effects in both manatees. And in an effort to redirect the manatees' attention and decrease undesirable behaviors, animal care staff used positive reinforcement tools such as high-value rewards and enrichment that had previously been successful. What kind of rewards did they mention? They didn't mention so I would imagine food of some type. So, sex between male manatees, even brothers, is far from uncommon. Huh. Uh, according to a specialist, they said they're not too meticulous about who their partners are. They just have this kind of sexual urge, and then they'll engage in activity with whomever seems to be in the area. And if that's a female, great. But so, a quick question is, uh, looking at my, a manatee, 
where do the genitals present? But if there aren't enough females around, or they are only male, there are only males around. They may express that sexual behavior on whatever individual may be in the vicinity. What do you say? And as generally uh, solitary beings, manatees don't have a strong sense of familial structure, leading to the encounter between brothers Hugh and Buffett. I did not know that's why that manatees roll like that. that yeah, just whoever's around, they're up for it. Wow. Don't fight the feeling. All right, this is a pretty messed up story. A security guard at a nightclub was killed after brutally being beaten by a large mob in Hollywood early Sunday morning. Officers responded to the Dragonfly Hollywood nightclub around 2 a.m. on reports of a group of 10 people attacking one person. The victim was working, and a large group, for unknown reasons, confronted the security guard, causing him to fall into the street, at which point in time the group advanced and kicked and stomped him to death. And they don't know what caused this to happen? As of now, no. That's uh, brutal. Police are still investigating whether the fight began inside the club and spilled out on the street or if it began outside entirely. Video from the scene captured first responders attempting life-saving measures on the security guard only identified as a male in his 30s as he was lying on the street. See, a manatee was seen leaving the scene. The club was still open and full of patrons at the time of the security guard's death. It was hosting its weekly signature Saturday's uh, event with Detroit rapper T. Grizzly. <laughs> Headlining the festivities. Uh, no arrests have been made and no sus- uh, suspect descriptions have been released either. It's a, it's a mob murder. All right, we need a lighter story. Yes. And I love this one. A British Columbia real estate agent has been fined $20,000 after being caught on camera drinking milk straight out of the jug at a home that he was showing. Oh. Mike Rose was alone in the home in July last year as he waited for his clients who were interested in buying the property. Rose went into the refrigerator to find water, but instead swigged some milk straight from the container, which he then put back in the refrigerator. Horrific. The consent order agreed by both the superintendent of the real estate. By the way, I loved your fleshlight. And Rose (laughs) says that the owners of the new home saw him drinking the milk when they reviewed footage from a surveillance camera. At least I use a glass. And then confronted him about it two days later. Rose, who apologized for his actions, was told that he wasn't welcome in the home and that his clients replaced him in their purchase of the property. He says in the order... uh, in the order that his behavior was out of character and he was unusually dehydrated at the time uh, because of a new medication as well as being under considerable stress. Oh, so he was also high. Uh, Rose, who is now working at a different brokerage, agreed to pay a disciplinary penalty of $20,000 to the authority for conducting un- conduct unbecoming. Well, let's see what's in the fridge. And $2,500 in enforcement expenses as well. And so. this is the bedroom and this is last night's turkey. Wow. Wow. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file. It's a ballsy maneuver. It is. Big time. Be back in a moment. Hang out. If you think Jackie Bam Bam is colorful on the radio, just wait till you see him in this year's Mummers Parade. MMR's beloved nighttime host once again struts his stuff down Broad Street in Philly's New Year's Day tradition. So if you're heading downtown, cheer him on. If your plans include the couch and nursing a hangover, well, then text MUMMER to 39333. We'll text you a link and let you know the how and when to catch Jackie on TV. Plus, check out a gallery of Jackie Bam Bam's award-winning MUMMER costumes from the station that loves being a Philadelphia tradition, too. 93. 3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. 
the trash business. Well, troubled former Drake and Josh star Drake Bell claiming that internet trolls are literally going to kill him. Bell later clarified the statement saying he was speaking figuratively when he said literally and was literally figurative. Oh, 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 my God. 73-year-old American Idol judge and music legend Lionel Richie says he's confident that his daughter Sophia's new husband, Elliot Grange, is not the controlling type. Said Lionel, quote, Elliot is so spineless that his shoulders rest on his ass. Hey! And finally, Paris Hilton announcing she's kicking off her music career again with a live concert event on June 7th in Los Angeles. Hilton says that people have been begging her, but she's going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. Our next guest is set to go via Zoom. We love having him on. We talked to him many occasions in the studio, on the phone, on location at live shows, and he is going to be at the Free Library of Philadelphia, and he's joined... By the amazing David Zucker. Yes. The famed Zucker Brothers. Right. Who have given us so many great movies throughout the years. But one in particular they're going to be coming is a, uh, covering. It's a book called Surely You Can't Be Serious. <laughs> a behind-the-scenes oral history of the classic film Airplane, as told by the writers and directors. And uh, our next guest is going to be hosting this event. We are so happy to welcome from Impractical Jokers, James Murray. Murray! Murray, good morning, sir. We can't hear you. I'm muted. I'm an yeah. 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 It's apparently my first day on Zoom. Like, sure. <laughs> I, I miss you guys. We miss, miss you too. A, a little time. Like, we. I feel like I see you guys more in person, literally, than my family. <laughs> it, it's a lot. We're glad that you're joined today by Nicolas Cage behind you. Uh, wanted, there's I a big cardboard cutout. Yeah. It's, it's kind of freaking I, me out. Yeah. <laughs> it, I no, I love it. <laughs> I also have just a, a, a little Ryan Reynolds. I was hoping Ryan Reynolds would make an appearance this morning on this show. Yeah. Wow. Now, Nicolas Cage always is appropriate no matter what the occasion. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the best the best thing about the Nicolas Cage cutout is it freaks guests out. We, we, during a party, we'll secretly move it around the party so like there's a bathroom in the hallway and so when somebody goes in they're a little drunk they open the door they turn on the lights and they freak that you know what yeah <laughs> oh, it's the best <laughs> and that looks like uh, maybe uh, from the the, uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent is that is that from that I, th- yeah. I think it is from that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great Murr I love the fact that uh, that you're you're doing this event you and David Zucker you guys are friends apparently and uh, you're a massive fan like we are of the movie Airplane correct Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I went as far as to buy the book, even though Zucker sent me a free one. So now, <laughs> yeah. now I'm, uh, I'm looking to, to sell it to someone. If anyone's looking for one, I got an extra copy. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, uh, I'm actually in the book. The guys and I from Impractical Jokers are in the book. We've been friends with the Zucker brothers for many, many years now. They're probably the biggest influence on our comedy out of every, every, oh, anyone. Right? Many, many people can make that claim as well. They're, they've influenced a, a whole generation. I vividly... And, uh, remember going to see, I'm sorry to, to interject here, but I vividly remember going to see that movie. I was a kid. It was 1980 when it came out. Uh, and there are so many things I love about that movie, and we'll cover some of these. But one of the things they did, which was at the time was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. They ran a, a Warner Brothers cartoon yeah. before the movie started. And it was like a Bugs Bunny type thing. Really? And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this. So they had me from the very get-go uh, even with something as goofy as that. But they're always thinking outside of the box. 
Yeah, it, it, it's probably it's so influential in our comedy, and, and, and you, there's references to airplane and the gun all throughout Jokers, and uh, it's so much an influence on our life. Like it's uh, not only the guys that I in the book, but uh, Zucker mentions my father and I in the book because my father unfortunately passed a few months ago from Alzheimer's, and uh-huh. to the day to the day he died. He could not remember our names anymore. He had forgotten his past, what have what have you, from the terrible disease. But to the day he died, he could still quote airplane. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Isn't that wild? Frank Sinatra song and he knew every joke in airplane to the day he died. Isn't that amazing? Well that's awesome. Uh, th- listen, so the, there's a there was a time when the the, the comedy um, went through an evolution, and, and you had movies like Groove Tube and Kentucky Fried Movie, which the Zucker brothers were involved with, with John Landis, and 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 so um, Airplane was a revelation, though, and a lot of people don't realize is that it's based on a movie that I, my father, had loved for years called Zero Hour with sure. Dane, Dane Andrews, and you can literally watch almost scene for scene. They did something so ballsy; they took they took scenes and redid them. Uh, in a way that it, I don't ever remember having. I mean, Woody Allen did a movie called What's Up, Tiger Lily, where he dubbed a Japanese uh, spy movie. But the, for the way they did it, using actors who had not been employed in comedy, like Robert Stack, Leslie Nielsen, all of these square-jawed heroes, it was brilliant. So when, when did you first become friends with these guys? We uh, So we were at the, uh, the Wild West Comedy Festival probably eight, year, nine years ago at this point. Uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, right? And we're at breakfast and sitting across from us are the Zucker brothers. And I freaked out. The guys freaked out. And I said, we have to say hi. We have to introduce ourselves, see if they even know the show, heard of it. We walked over. They told us to politely leave. Uh, so that was our first. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they didn't know the show, of course, okay. but their kids knew the show. <laughs> and that was our in, right? So we hit it off with them for a second, you know, uh, traded information and said, uh, even though you've never heard of our show, can we send you some DVDs back then? Right. Like season four or five. And we sent uh, David Zucker uh, all the seasons and Jerry. And uh, literally three days after we sent the DVDs, we get an email at midnight on a Saturday from Dave Zucker to the four of us. And the email, I have it framed in the house. The email says, uh, guys, uh, just know that if I didn't like your show, I, you would never hear from me again. <laughs> that being said, I can't watch your TV show for more than 15 minutes at a time because I have tears of laughter streamed uh, down my face. Uh, it is the greatest. There you the go. Greatest mo- we, we called each other at 12.05, screaming on the phone like kids, you know? It was Yeah, wild. yeah. And we just became dear, uh, fast friends after that. Oh. That's excellent, man. That's terrific. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah, and you guys, yeah, I mean, on your show, you've, you know, you, you take slapstick to a different level. And, and obviously, it's what these guys were doing with uh, with Airplane. Uh, there are, I, I contend that uh, there are so, once you start heading down the path of talking to some way, someone about Airplane, there are so many laughs that you start going, oh, what about this? And oh, my God. Remember that and this line and that line. But two of the most shockingly funny moments I've ever witnessed on tele or on, on screen came from that. And I'll name them. Number one, uh, the the young couple where she says, I, I they're talking about the coffee. I yeah. take it black like my men. <laughs> right, yeah. Which you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the scene where um uh, Elaine, I think, is the uh, 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 the the Julie flight attendant, Julie Haggerty, and she says, "All right, and uh, you know, uh, we're going to have this for dinner, and blah blah." And by the way, does anyone know how to fly a plane? <laughs> <laughs> and pandemonium breaks out on the plane, and out of nowhere, 
a woman's bare breast <laughs> yeah, just come yes. up and bounce in front of the screen and leave. Okay. <laughs> what was that? I mean, just they they their their ingenuity is just is incredible. Well, you, it was I, literally just on last night, and I was telling Preston, you know, and, and you have to watch it where it's not edited, and it was on flick, so it was completely intact. And the the, the, the it catches me off guard all the time where the the uh, stewardess goes back and says, you know, is there anyone? No doctors or a doctor on board. I, ma'am, I think the gentleman next to me is a doctor, and Leslie Nielsen is sitting there with his stethoscope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it is. It, they play it so seriously. That's the that's the great aspect of it. Yeah. So when when I got married, uh, Zucker was there at the wedding, and uh, and he his gift to us. I would have preferred cash. Don't get me yeah, wrong, yeah, but yeah. his gift to us. <laughs> Was an autographed page from the actual movie script from, uh, from oh, 1979. Wow. And the scene is Julie Haggerty uh, saying, Mostly I remember the nights when we were together. I remember how you used to hold me and how, how I used to sit on your face and wriggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Preston. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Sorry. That's the best. Yeah, it's oh. awesome. Hey, Mur, um, I didn't know this until recently. One of my comedic heroes is, is David Letterman, and uh, I, I subscribe to the Letterman YouTube channel, and he um, auditioned for Airplane, and he had the Zucker Brothers on his show. I think it was 82 or 83. And I just watched it. Did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, I watched it. It was so great. It was on, it's on um, Letterman's YouTube channel, um, and the fact that Dave, uh, who is not a good actor, uh, admittedly not a good actor, tried out for it uh, is... I'm 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 glad that they didn't make it, even though I love Dave as much as I do, because it's just it's so much better with the actors that actually ended up in the role. Did you ever talk to Zucker about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I would have loved to. Uh, you know, an interesting conversation with Zucker is you know, Naked Gun was some of my favorite movies. Of course, O.J. Simpson is in it. Yes, yes. in all three movies, absolutely, he's, he's great. <laughs> and uh, when you get a few drinks in Zucker and have a, a candid conversation with him. It's interesting, which we'll hopefully we'll do on Monday in Philadelphia. No, yes. absolutely, because he got that. And then he, they're also responsible for, I think, one of the great comedies that gets looked over often, which is Top Secret, which oh, is yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> and, and you, you lost your little earpiece there. Uh, this, there's a scene where Omar Sharif, right in the beginning, is uh, they, they're trying to assassinate him, and they crush him in a car. Uh, and so you think he's dead. And later on, there's a, there's a knock at the uh, his daughter's hotel room. And he is in a crushed cube of the car yeah. with his little feet at the bottom. Uh-huh. And she is going to give him a drink. So she puts the kind of thing he used for an oil can into a thing of high C and puts it into the vehicle. It's it's hilarious stuff. I mean, the visuals yeah, are fantastic. Top Secret is probably my favorite Zucker Brothers movie out yeah. of everyone. And it was underrated for how funny it is. Very Val underrated. Kimmer, man. Yeah. yeah. Again, not, not known for slapstick comedy. It's hysterical in the movie. Yes. And they gave us the anal intruder. The anal intruder. In Zucker's office at home, in his home, on the wall, no. is the anal, the anal intruder. Oh, my God. And by the way, for those who haven't seen it, it looks kind of like a, a jackhammer yeah. with a fist on uh-huh. the end. Of it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so at the event, you're going to be there. Jerry's going to be there. The book is um, is the making of Airplane mainly and, and some of the stories that went on behind the scenes that we've never heard. It's an oral history uh, spoken by the people that created Airplane, and okay. the stories are uh, amazing, incredible. It's a, sl- uh, a snapshot of probably one of the greatest comedy movies of all time. It's incredible. Well, you have something, by the way, 
they were the and I don't want to give a, a lot away. You need to go down and hear it from the uh, the main creator's uh, mouth uh, and 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 experience it that way. But there there were a lot of hurdles to getting this movie made and made the way they wanted to get it made. They had the vision, but they were the the, the movie companies saying, "What are you? What, what what is this? We don't get it." And then they got it made. And then I remember that movie. And plus, you go about seeing it in the movie; it exploded. Yeah. Everyone yes. was talking about it. Yeah. And then they had the the inferior, but still not too bad sequel that they had really nothing to do with uh but um yeah it was uh that movie was a moment in time that just rocked uh the world and then gave hope to other you know john landis started in those kind of you know sure. small films and work with these guys so yeah it, it's it's a cool story here's a gag that people might not even realize is happening during that movie during every scene that they show on the outside of that aircraft it's a jet <laughs> They have prop right. airplane sound yeah, effects yeah, going yeah. the entire yeah. time. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a jet, but it's got the uh, the sound effects yeah. of the turbo. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, it's did, a very subtle joke throughout the whole movie. Uh, the entire movie. Wow. <laughs> uh, so uh, outside of talking about this, you guys will touch on some of the other uh, films that we had mentioned. People can ask questions. And you're hosting this, right? Absolutely. It'll okay. be a very a fun, uh, hysterical, informal conversation with Dave Zuck. And uh, you can ask questions in the Q&A section of it and then uh, autograph signings. It's been great fun. Come on by. Bring the kids. Hey, <laughs> you know, we had uh, we had your buddy Joe Gatto on just day before yesterday. Uh, he's uh, coming through Philly in, in January uh, doing a stand-up tour. You also got a stand-up uh, tour going on, right? I do. You, you might... Uh, at that show in Philly, you know, I'm pretty close to Philly. I live in Princeton, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, you might see a, another guest in Practical Joker on stage that night. Oh. I'm just saying. Oh. I don't right. know. He's at the Beacon. He's at the Beacon in Philly, right? Uh, the Met, which is our uh, the version Met, of the, the Beacon. Yeah. 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 Got it. Just uh, just know that the date is held in my calendar. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. All right. That's excellent. Nice. And uh, what's going on with the, with everybody else in the in the Joker's world? Uh, Sal we're, good. Uh, yeah. we're good. We're uh, good. I'm on tour all over the country. I start tomorrow. Uh, I'm all. I'm doing like 30 cities solo tour. You can go to merlive.com to get tickets. The Joker's tour picks back up in January. We'll be on tour as a group again uh, for the first six months. We go back to filming the show uh, in January too. So. Back to work. Do you have a travel version of uh, Nick Cage behind you, or is that uh, <laughs> yeah. the cutout? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have uh, a pillowcase of so I can stay close. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Murr, having watched the show for years as I have, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain to, to how far out have you guys ventured to go and 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 film episodes? I mean, obviously, you do most of it in New York. Sure, we we filmed a UK episode, we filmed a Hawaii episode, uh, but keep in mind that all those episodes are thousands of miles away. I get paid the same amount of money whether I film a block away from my house. <laughs> right, or you're right. So house. so we know what wins. <laughs> yeah, Hawaii <laughs> might take an upper hand now and then, but it, end of yeah. your block is probably the champ more often than not. If I could film in my own bed, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't sure with as as recognizable as you guys are now. If it's hard to pull off. Some gags in New York. Nah, there's 10 million people. Most people don't okay. even know who we are. You know, yeah. look at us, man. I don't look famous. I look like a pharmacist. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That's true. It's spot on, man. All right. Well, listen. Uh, the event uh, that Murr is going to be hosting is is coming up at the Free Library. It's on Monday. It's at seven thirty. Uh, tickets available at freelibrary.org, and you'll get to see a legend in the world of comedy filmmaking, uh, David Zucker, and of course one of your favorites from Impractical Jokers. Uh, Murr will be hosting the whole thing. It's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy, man. And we'll see you back here in the studio sometime down the road. You okay. Got it. Miss you guys. I'll see you soon. Good to see you, James James Murray. He's awesome. He's great. He's uh, every time we've met him, super, super nice guy. Um, So we're going to take a break. Stay with us. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 